And with the rewards from my free Keesler Federal checking account, it's like I'm getting paid to dine out. Did I mention it's free? Keesler Federal Credit Union, helping our members live extraordinary. Let old Bill WD-40 in. That way you can lube us up for tonight's show. Witchy, good to have you here from New Zealand. The Doug Shelby has arrived, which means we can officially start this show. Von Patrick, Bigfoot Rob, nice to see you. Ian McFadden, how you doing? And uh, little Timmy Senor, nice to see you. Smithy, thank you so much for that super chat, my man. Love you, buddy. It's always a pleasure to have you here. Let's move on. I am Pam. And... uh, uh, let's see here. Um, Grandizer, nice to see you. Nancy, thank you so much for that super chat. Very much appreciate your love, Nancy. Thank you for your support. And we got 30 seconds here. Rose Brooks, nice to see you. Sensational Sherry. Uh, Mike Bothwell, thank you for the super chat, my man. A good Canadian kid there, that Mike Bothwell. And uh, let's see, who else do we got here? Hmm. <laughs> I think we're caught up. I really do. Yeah, we're caught up. And just in time to say, let's get your horns up and let's rock here. Our Keith Andrews, the Wu Train. of Central British Columbia to you listening around the world. This, my friends, is Spaced Out Radio. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. We welcome you to tonight's show on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on Twitter at spaced out radio, Instagram at spaced out radio show, and on TikTok at spaced out radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the news wire, check out our swag as well. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world 10% happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find them on our website. we got a power show for you tonight. Our Keith Andrews is in with the ET Connection as we do all things woo. Then in hour three, we're going to head to the swamp. Then... Little Timmy Senor is going to join us for the UFO report. We may go a little after hours tonight with Random Guy as well. It is that time of the month once again where our good friend and alien expert, our Keith Andrews, comes on in and joins us for the ET Connection. Keith will discuss the purposes of aliens coming to this planet and having contact with us. Keith is not only a lifelong ET contactee, he is also highly intuitive. And now... Keith uses his gifts to help others who have their own contact as well. He's been doing this for more than three decades and proclaims to have been in touch with well over 50 extraterrestrial species. Pretty cool. He's a wild one. We love him around here. Our Keith Andrews, it's always a pleasure to have you on Spaced Out Radio, my friend. 
And you are frozen up. That's not good. Oh, there you are. Keith, can you hear us? Keith, we are waiting for you to say hello because your connection seems really, really slow tonight. Hi. Hmm. Being really badly on my end. Yeah, you're going to have to reboot, Keith. My video shows I'm working fine. Yours? Yeah, it, it's on your end, my friend. So I'm going to take you out for a few minutes here and uh, and try and get you organized a little bit here because we definitely want to have a clear, clear indication of what's going on with your computer here, Keith. So you might have to reboot. But nonetheless, while we're waiting for Keith to uh, come on in and get all cleaned up and looking pretty for all of us, well, sounding pretty for the radio audience, to hear about these balloons. Yep, made in China. These balloons have been flying around North America. There's apparently three of them now. One in Canada and two in the United States where allegedly they have been brought down yep it is one of these weird weird stories i mean these balloons they look like a giant white orb with what looks to be dangling from them almost like i don't know would like concert speakers man you know when you go to a concert and you see all the speakers hanging just by those wires that's what they've been looking like and these uh, stories have been going on for the last couple of days of these untethered balloons just kind of floating all over the sp- the place. The one in Canada really, really gets me, though. Realistically, if you're out of the Metro Toronto area, what are you going to see? You're going to see nothing. Nothing but trees, tundra, maybe a moose. Okay, you're going to see a few Tim Horton signs on Highway 1 going right across the country. But there, it's all trees, rocks, water, flatlands, a couple of moose, like I said, okay, maybe a, maybe a muskox, a polar bear, some guys curling out on some frozen lake. I mean, is that what China's really interested in when it comes to Canada? Seriously, why even do that? Why even waste your time? I mean, in the U.S., where your cities are all jammed in there, into those areas, I can see why they'd be going there. Plus, you guys got a pretty good military in the U.S. that that kind of patrols the world. So I can see where they would be interested in spying on you guys. I can. But up here, there's nothing to see. There is nothing to see. If, if you don't believe me, all you have to do is go on one of them flight radar apps and check how, you know, you look at the United States, there's like airplanes all over the flight radar map. If you check out the, like the per hour or something like that. All right. But then, then you go to Canada and it's like, you know, four planes. That's it. Four planes. Yeah, it is absolutely crazy. So here's the official story. Uh, China has acknowledged that 
a high-altitude high, high balloon spotted this week over Montana does, in fact, belong to Beijing, but it referred to the airship as a civilian device used for scientific research and such as meteorology. Yeah, apparently that comes from the U.S. Defense Department. The payload of the balloon, that is, the part under the balloon conducting the surveillance, is the size of two or three school buses, and the balloon itself is much larger, according to one U.S. official. This thing's not small. According to the statement by the Chinese Foreign Ministry, the airship was affected by a westerly wind, and its ability to control its direction is limited. Yep, the statement also says that the balloon seriously deviated from the scheduled route and expressed regret that the airship strayed into the United States due to force majeure. Yep, apparently now one of the balloons or two of them have been shot down. At least that's what we're hearing. They're traveling at an altitude of about 49,000 feet. They could go up to about as high as uh, 65,000 feet. They were apparently heading towards the Sunshine Coast. Now, I don't know what's going on here with these. We're going to get more with these in our after-hour show, after our radio show. We're going to get more into that with Random Guy and Little Timmy Senor as it goes on. But nonetheless, we need to be able to figure it out here and see what is going on. I mean, do you believe they were spy balloons? I mean, in today's day and age... Is it really spy balloons, or is it something different? You know, I mean, I China just doesn't do anything for the sake of doing anything. They're usually pretty calculated. Even though they get caught, they're pretty good at putting the blame on something else, like swamp gas. You know, because it's always swamp gas. That's the truth. But they don't do anything without purpose. The Chinese are good at that. They really are. And I just see this as, as a, a, I think it's a test. They probably wanted to see how quickly the U.S. would react to that. You know, how how long would it take before it made the news? How long would it take for Biden, President Biden, to go a little public with it? My fellow Americans. Anyways, I I just think it's funny. I mean, it's almost as funny. At least this is real. You know, there was one of these alternative media sites out there that last year that never really uh, checks its facts. That last year was saying there was a quarter million Chinese soldiers that were lined up on the Canadian side of the border ready to invade the United States. Yeah, that was a good one. That was a good one. When that happened. So I'm just very curious to see how this is going to play out. Because at least we know these balloons are real. We know it's likely a cover-up that they are spy satellites or, or spy balloons or whatever. What they're trying to actually see, who knows. you think they'd be a little bit more calculated. But I'm not an expert. I'm not an expert whatsoever. So we're going to be able to see what goes on with these balloons. And yeah. I wonder if the Canadian Armed Forces are actually going to shoot down the balloon on this side of the border. I wonder if they will. Knowing the government up here, they'll probably just let it go until it runs into the Rockies. 
heading to from Calgary towards Vancouver. All of a sudden, it's going to just have a little a trip over the mountains or something and crash there, become some dogman's new domain as it gets buried in snow. That's the way I look at it. I could be wrong. We are just waiting for our Keith Andrews to reconnect with us on his computer. He's just having a reboot here on his system, but we are going to get into some extraterrestrial talk with him uh, in, in just a few minutes here. But, yeah, that is just incredible, incredible uh, uh, news and what's going on in real time. I always find it amazing. I really do. You know, that in today's day and age of espionage, we are still using balloons. Hmm. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't know how you feel about it, but I just don't get it. UFO news. There's a big conference going on right now called Liminal. This conference is uh, uh, happening. It's, I believe it's, it's online. And this conference is being sponsored by our good friends at Enigma Labs. And there's a bunch of people talking there, like Avi Loeb and other speakers that are kind of going on with it. You can check it out at liminal.earth. They're out of Seattle. Started by a gentleman named uh, Garrett Kelly. And these guys here, oh, no, that's Liminal Earth. That's not the... Yeah, we've had them on the air before. Where is this conference? Anyways, uh, let's see. What is emerging? See if this is it. But uh, they're gathering a bunch of uh, big-name UFO people, mainly government people, to kind of talk about the idea behind what is going on. And this is another one of the sheepish conferences that nobody really knows about but is out there. This is two in two weeks. Think about this. This is two in two weeks. We have the liminal conference now. A week ago, previous, there was the NASA conference that was going on where NASA invited in the branches of the military, Enigma Labs, Galileo Project, and many others to come on in and talk secretly about UFOs. It amazes me that these secret talks are going on and these secret conferences are, keep happening as well. I don't understand where this is coming from. I really don't. So this Limina, pardon me, Limina, that's why I got it wrong. Limina, inaugural symposium. Let's see who the sponsors are on this. Enigma Labs, Go, no kidding. UAP Studies, UAPX, Scientific Coalition of UAP Studies, Project Hestelin, Norway, Stellar, Sky360, UFO Data, UFO Historical Records Center, and UFO DAP. Hmm. wonder how much they each had to pay. Oh, those are exhibitors. Sponsor is Enigma Labs, so this is a conference that they're putting on. And let me see if you guys know any of these ufologists. Okay? 
Keynote speaker, the Flying Saucer Chronicles, Professor Greg Edgian from Penn State University. We've never heard of him. Professor Gabriel Della Torre. He is with the University of Cadiz, Spain, on psychological aspects of the phenomena. Have we ever heard of him? No. Uh, Professor Jeffrey Cripple from Rice University. He we have heard of because Rice University is actually studying a lot of UFOs. Why we will never explain the UFO, the history of the apophatic mystical literature as a guide. God, you're going to love professors who use big words for no reason. Uh, Professor Tim Murithy from the University of Stellenbosch, South Africa. UAP truth embargo and amnesty provisions, because I guess Steve Bassett was busy. Towards a philosophy of science on unidentified aerospace phenomena, Professor Babette Babich from Fordham University. Babette Babich. What a great name. A silver lining to conservatism towards ufology. Mr. Jinwoo Yu from Korea. He's the founder of the Korea UAP Research. And Professor Sung Liu Meing from the Korean Ufological Society. Yeah. So you're an American conference on day one, but you won't bring in American ufologists. You'll bring in Korean ufologists. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Just doesn't make sense. And then Brian Sentence from Montreal's Dawson College and Professor Michael Zimmerman from the University of Colorado Boulder closed with a panel, Humanities and STEM Approaches to UAP Studies and a Dialogue. We'll get to Keith here in a second. And uh, you know what? I just want to go through this just one more time here because this is just incredible. Maybe I should be talking about Tim to Tim about this. Let's go to day two. Let's go to day two. Let me click on the agenda. Who's here? Professor Dr. Hakan Kayal talking about UAP research at the Julius Maximilians University at Würzburg. So looking at this, it's just literally a bunch of people who we don't know, a lot of them with very, very impressive resumes coming in and talking about UFOs. Now, this is a group that also has Mick West speaking at the conference. This guy's not an expert on video data or reconstructing object motion. He's a computer gamer. The closing panel Sunday, by the way, is all journalists. Leslie Keen, Ralph Blumenthal, Ross Coltart, Andreas Miller, and George Knapp. Well, at least they did something right there. There we go. Let's go to our Keith Andrews. Let's see if we can bring him in here. Keith, how's your connection, my friend? It looks better. You got to turn your mic on, my friend. Your mic is on mute. 
We're having some audio issues here with Keith, so uh, bear with me here. Uh, we're still not hearing you, Keith. As Keith works on that, you know, these private conferences that you can sign up for, they're going to start popping up more and more, and they are going to become more and more expensive. They really are. Ufology is becoming a, how can we put it, an interesting game on money, on other things that is going on. And as long as it's all controlled by one one group or a handful of few, we are literally going to be wondering what is up and what is going on. I don't get it. I really don't get it. We will get to Keith tonight. I promise you that. I do promise you that. We will get to Keith. He, I know he wants to be here and... And everything in our YouTube side, we can see how nice his mutton chops are looking. But for some reason, his microphone is not working on his computer tonight. And uh, and he's trying to talk, but he is coming through very, very quietly. Actually, we're not even hearing him, to be blunt. We're not hearing him. We aren't. But we'll try and get to that, too, with the R our Keith Andrews and the ET Connection. Because we do like getting to your questions here. We love it. We absolutely love getting to your questions and you guys being a big, big part of this show on a nightly basis. So that is something that we do need to do. And sometimes in live radio, you have technical difficulties, which is what we have going on right now on Keith's end. So we are going to... Uh, get ready for a break here. Businesses need to think beyond today. That's why ADP uses data-driven insights to design HR solutions to help your business find more success tomorrow. HR, time, talent, benefits, payroll. ADP, always designing for people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your engine with Syntec Full Synthetic Motor Oil at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Syntec is designed for today's engines to dissipate heat and reduce friction and wear. Get five quarts of Syntec Full Synthetic and a MicroGuard Select oil filter for just $33.99, plus two times O Rewards points. Choose Syntec, available exclusively at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. about two minutes time and you know we'll get back to some ufos and we'll see what's going on i see little timmy Sheenor opening entering his studio here uh tim i want you to just come in here for a quick second if you don't mind i want to test your audio make sure that it's not just something maybe it's something on my end so let's just uh we're going to bring in tim Sheenor here for a quick check here to make sure everything's going on properly tim uh, can you hear us okay i got you up on camera now i just want to make sure that we can hear you and that you can hear us yeah i think i think you're coming in loud and clear there bud excellent excellent yeah we do have you uh here and uh, we're just waiting for keith to kind of figure out his audio situation what do you think about them chinese balloons we're going to get into it with uh with random guy a little bit later on but uh, what, what do you think of those Chinese balloons? 
Yeah, there's a lot of details coming out, um, both on Twitter and in the news. Uh, it's really interesting. And some of the close-ups that we've gotten on some of that onboard tech is kind of uh, telling, you know, as to what they're looking into. And some experts are even um, considering that some of that tech may be looking and scanning devices in our homes. Really? Looking for personal details, potentially looking at your search history, for example, on your phone, uh, things that you copy and paste. Uh, Those little details are actually kept in your device and potentially could be retrieved by who knows what kind of tech. The other thing that is interesting is that all of your facial recognition technology is also kept on your device. So there's a lot and of theories. Oh, hey, hey Keith, we hear you. Yeah. I think we have us. Hey, we got Push our Keith buttons. Anders. You finally get something to work. Uh, Keith, it's damn Chinese balloons flying over Kelowna, British Columbia. That's what it is. They're blocking your signal here. Yeah, I don't know. Me and technology has never worked well. I do have a piece of potentially good news. Well, a little computer that I've got, we're going to be swapping over tomorrow. Good. Well, I'm going to get you guys to hold on here for just a moment because I pretty much ate up the first half hour when we returned with our Keith Andrews and the ET Connection. We're going to get into a bunch of woo here and your questions coming through all night long because we got Keith for another 90 minutes here on Spaced Out Radio. Little Timmy Senor, we'll see if he wants to hang out or go back into the darkness until it's time for him to come in in hour three. Spaced Out Radio continues right after this. Stay tuned. Our Keith Andrews returns. All right. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'll duck out and see you in hour three. Little Timmy Senor right there. We call him the Timbit for that reason. All right, Keith, uh, I didn't get to say hello to everybody, so I'm going to quickly run through everybody here. Uh, hi, Big J and OB Flat Palladium. Uh, Saberto Cannabis, welcome to SOR Chat. Uh, he says, I don't chat much. Here to support Keith. His message is grand. Go well, all of you. Right on. Cosmic Floor, National Memorial, Dark Protocol. Nice to see you guys. Hi, Digger Dog and Monica. And let's see here. Uh, Marty Burbank, good to have you here. Susie B, nice to see you. Hi, yay. Thanks for coming on in. Mark Sanchez, how's the Hawaiian shirt for tonight? Uh, let's see here. Hello, gorgeous Kira. I hope you're doing okay from having, uh, you know, what you had to go through earlier. Uh, hope you're okay. And dear, her, her little kitty passed away today. Yeah, that's kind of sad news. Richard Minnick, good to see you. And, uh, let's see here. Who else is coming on in? I'm way behind guys. Like I'm like 20 minutes behind here. So I'm going to speed on up. Atlanta has found. I am Pam. And uh, Jay Burke, nice to see you. And let's see, who else we have? Uh, Ross Dog's Broken Spirit, nice to have you here. And uh, Donnie Cho, thank you for that awesome super chat. Very much appreciate your love and support of SOR, my man. And let's continue on here. Wild Amy WC, nice to see you. Jenny Girl and Deb from, Deb from SAC, thank you for joining us. 
And let's see here. Uh, who else we got? Kurt M. <laughs> yeah, Kurt M. Uh, Kurt M. Jason, good to have you here. And Pink Volo, nice to see you. As we scroll on down and... Sorry, guys. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Raz, nice to see you. I know you're a big Mick West fan. And uh, Search and Destroy, thanks for coming. If I double up, I do apologize. Uh, Dirt Wrote, <clears throat> thank you for joining us. And Rock E. Shepard, welcome to SOR Chat. Super Duke, Super Duke. Yeah. Oh, good to see you. Uh, who else we have? Love V. Love. Thank you for coming on in. I'm going as fast as I can. I am now 15 minutes behind. Uh, let's see here. It's about as interesting as it gets on a night like this. Toe Tag, nice to see you. I am Pam. And uh, let's see here. Oh, making up some time here. Grandizer, nice to see you. Miss Anonymous, thanks for coming on in. Les Paul Holland from Australia. Chris with a break in between teen. Nice to see you. I'm going to cough here. <coughs> hmm. Dennis Benke, thanks for coming on in. And... Margie O, thanks for coming on in. Donnie again with another great super chat. Thank you so much, my man, for the love and support of SOR. Really do appreciate that. And uh, let's see here. Thurston Howell the third. Good to see you. I am now eight minutes behind. We're almost there. I can feel it. Patty B, thanks for joining us. Evan Walters, you're still pissing me off because I have to do this. Mennonite Abe, thank you for joining us. And Ravenous Ryan or Raven is Ryan, whatever he goes by, I don't know. Can't make up his mind. Uh, let's see here. By the way, oh, hi, LOL. Sovereign Farts, how you doing? Good to have you here. R fart hard, buddy. Fart hard. And uh, let's see, where else are we here? Mm, I am Pam. And uh, Pete Person, thank you so much for the super chat all the way from the UK. Very much appreciate that, Pete. Thank you so much for your support. And let's see here. Where are we? James Fadekey, nice to see you. Um, scroll on up. I got like 30 seconds here. Can I do it? Ozzy Sue. Nice to see you, Ozzy Sue. Sarah M., welcome to SOR Chat. And uh, let's see here. Verpine, good to see you. We're caught up. We're caught up with 30 seconds to go. Yes. Yes. <sighs> Proud of myself. Joey Zed, how's it going? You are late, but we're glad you're here. Uh, thank you to Adam, uh, Carlito, Smithy, Nancy, Mike, Vaughn, Donnie times two, and Pete for the super chats. Sorry about uh, El Avdi Volador last night. He was a jerk, but uh, we got him out of here. Here we go.
past the half or second half hour here of Spaced Out Radio. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We very much appreciate it. I want to remind you that if you've missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Here we go. Got the tech issues worked out. Our Keith Andrews in the ET Connection returns to the mighty SOR for the month of February as Keith comes in once a month to talk all things serious, serious woo. Keith, glad to have you here, my man. Glad to be here. Annoyed with the computer, but glad to be here. Well, we're glad that you've, uh, you know, we were able to solve it out, and now we get to have a show with you. What have you been up to the last couple months? Ah, uh, well, scrapping the medical things, fighting with with the publishers and what have you. I've actually fired most of the crew that I used to have, primarily because they weren't doing anything. And other than that, fighting with the computer, trying to make it work. But I do have a I do have a small computer that I'm going to swap out tomorrow night or on Sunday night. Very good. Hopefully that will solve a lot of the connection issues. How's the aliens doing? You still got some aliens this past month? Hey, what's up? It's Alex Morgan. And for me, the start of the new year is all about commitments. Setting your intentions, restarting your routine, and committing to you from day one. Body Armor Light, the low-calorie, zero-sugar-added sports drink. Shop now at Walmart. Businesses need to think beyond today. That's why ADP uses data-driven insights to design HR solutions to help your business find more success tomorrow. HR, time, talent, benefits, payroll. ADP, always designing for people. Oh, yeah, well, I had to have a, so to speak, have a discussion with them. Um, more to the point, had to put my system back on track and Terran, Terran medicine wasn't working. You know, but the heart's been playing all kinds of havoc due to stress. So we've been trying to deal with that issue. More a mental thing, I think, than a physical one. You know, but I mean, they're, they're looking at the, at the argument going down here and going to, you know, there, there's a real interesting conversation they're dealing with about this whole issue of who owns the moon. Who does you own know, the moon? They're kind of looking at it going, well, they're kind of looking at it going, um, okay, you want to colonize an already occupied planet, and now you want to own another already occupied planet without actually talking to the residents. This is a cute thought, but it's not likely to end well for anybody. Well, for the people living there, they're already dug in. First question of the night comes from Sovereign. Keith, do aliens have humans under quarantine? If so, what is the way out of this time loop? Do we go towards the light or avoid it when we pass? Well, a couple of major issues. Number one, the the aliens don't have have humans under quarantine, period. That'd be the first problem. Uh, okay, are they the only thing about Earth that is that they've done is said no other race 
can come in and knock and take over Earth. You know, they just are not permitted to move in and, and if you will, conquer Earth. And the way they enforce that is very simple. If any one of them tries, then the consortium simply goes back to their main to their home planet, wherever their primary government is, blows the planet up, blows the one up that's housing their secondary and tertiary tertiary uh, planet, governmental planets, and then cuts them out of the consortium altogether. You know, it, it's kind of, it's a little overkill from human standpoint, but it works like a charm from theirs. Second of all, we're not in a time loop. Okay, what we're, what humans are facing is they're doing exactly the same thing they've done so many times in the past and not paying attention to the outcome. Okay, they did, the, I was talking to a friend of mine, we are going through the same things now we did, according to him, back in the 80s. But I'm seeing the same thing from back in the Roman Empire. You know, mankind is simply repeating the same stupid moves it did in the first place. Only in the first and the first time they did it was if it was what we call true ignorance. They didn't actually know any better, no record to say it wouldn't work. Now they're just repeating the same silly maneuvers. As for do we go towards the light or avoid it? Personally, I'd recommend going towards it, primarily because otherwise you end up digging yourself into a into a real karmic into a real karmic holding pattern. You know, because you cannot move forward until you let go of the past. Very true. Very true. Let's get to another question here. This one from Raz. The Galactic Federation still won't let us in, Keith? Absolutely not. Until mankind sees humans around the world as equal individuals, until they see each other as unified race. And that doesn't mean saying, oh, the Congo are as technologically advanced as the, as the people in Europe or as the people in, the, in Canada or the States. Okay, it's just to say they are people. Okay, and understand a world government does not mean a dictatorship. And humans have to get that through their head as well. Because if you, if from their standpoint, people living in the, in the far north do not understand the complications that people living in, living in a rainforest go through. Okay, for that matter, people living on the prairies don't understand life on a, in an actual desert. You know, but mankind has to get to that point before they'll even start to open the door as far as that goes. Every one of the, of the member races right now has a world government. But do understand the world government boils down to something along the lines of the UN where you've got relatives from the various different countries and various different regions working together with a spoke in governmental terms house to make sure that everybody gets saved. Hmm. Okay, let's go but to that would be that that would be the biggest pull up. Uh let's see here. Let's go to um, let's go to Sovereign here. 
Will aliens ever allow us to create free energy tech for mass use or will it forever be only allowed for individual use? They're not stopping it. Your illustrious governments and technical and global technological people are the ones holding it back. And that's being held back by nothing more than greed. So the answer is, yeah, they'll let you go and they'll let you do it now. From what I gather, mankind has finally got a fusion reactor up and running, but it's a tiny thing. Okay, ready for another one? Absolutely. Well, let's go. Ian over in the UK, can we beat facial recognition when we're being probed? Oh, my. Um, it's an interesting idea, Ian. But um, if you can't beat it, which they can't beat it yet, when you're not being probed, while you're being probed, it's going to be a little bit more complicated because your concentration is going to be Excellent. Excellent. All right. Uh, we got some cool questions coming up for you, Keith. The Mac Geek wants to know, where does the Galactic Consortium meet when they need to discuss issues? They've got a, they actually have a, a city ship in the area, but depending on what's going on, uh, in a pinch, they'll do it right on their, on their main ship. You know, they'll do it right in the conference hall there. Nice part about it is much like, much like you've seen on some of the movies that have come out. Uh, last one being uh, Endgame with the Avengers. They literally will use a holographic presence so they don't have to come from all the different sectors of the, you know, of their known universe. Okay, let's move on. So, I mean, the war room is, is the easiest one. Absolutely. Right. Let's go to Derek. Why does the Galactic Federation let the reptilians control a lot of what happens on our planet? They don't. The reptilians are controlling it. You know, I mean, way too many people are pointing to the stars. And I swear, in this whole misunderstanding comes from the movie V. But the reptilians are not the ones controlling the planet. If the reptilians were the ones controlling the planet, just for a real current issue, this whole fiasco with, with uh, Donald Trump that's going on wouldn't be a fiasco. He'd have been asked to step down. He'd have argued the point. They'd have killed him. That would have been the solution. You know, this is one of the dead giveaways. And the war that's going on in over in Europe would have been terminated in very distinct form. Well, these are just a couple of the obvious examples, from my standpoint, that the reptilians are not the ones in control. The, uh, the additional... Uh, question that's likely to come up is no, no member of the royal family, no member of any major, of no member or no CEO is more to the point of any member corporation, you know, of any corporation on earth is run by an off-worlder of any race, of any race. They're not permitted to. So we can safely say the fiasco that's taking place on earth right now 
Mankind's doing a wonderful job of messing it up. Or keeping it messed up, I'm not sure which. Let's continue on here. And let's go to Evan. Give me a break, Keith. You can't trust them, even at a national state level. How can the governments be trusted to run the whole planet? They can't be trusted to do that, nor should they be. That's probably the wrong question to ask me. Um, Y'all, quite frankly. All right. The reality is, is... Go ahead. Do you want to answer it? Because I don't want to get I don't want to get political here, and we're not going to get political on this. Yeah. Show. And that yeah, I would recommend that particular question. He'll have to figure out. All right. Let's. Uh, if it, if you have political questions for Keith, you you take them and you uh, message him privately. We're a non political show here when it comes to stuff like this. So let's move on. Let's go to Sovereign. Are twins actually unacclaimed clones from the womb? An alien error that reveals their... Oh, 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 O'Reilly. O'Reilly Auto Parts provides more than just the right parts for your repair. Our professional parts people can also offer free check engine light diagnosis. We can scan your vehicle and provide a list of possible fixes. Find the right parts for you or recommend a great local repair shop. Don't ignore your check engine light. Stop by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. Your cloning programs. Oh, my God. Where, where do you, Hold on. Where did you come up with this one? Go ahead. yeah negative twins are a natural evolutionary process uh, of the of the you know of the reproductive system the human genome thank you thank you i mean in a nutshell that's the that's the answer on that end (laughs) because i somehow don't think you want to go into the into the genetic explanation as to how that all works let's move on eric wants to know can they as in the i believe the consortium not intervene to the point that they can break the hold that uh, of the cabal the cabal can be broken the hold of the cabal and the answer is no they cannot that is a construct of human design and therefore, if you think about it, let's assume that there are that there are ten thousand members of the actual cabal. There are over eight billion people. Okay. Therefore, when humans start actually communicating with each other on an equal basis, the whole of the cabal will collapse. Right now, the cabal is given its strength by the rest of the planet. And the consortium do not have the authority to step in and break the evolutionary, the, you know, 
xenoeconomic, the xenosocioeconomic evolution of a planet. As a matter of fact, they're flying, frankly, and they're frankly forbidden. Mm. All right, let's move on. Let's go to Mennonite Abe. Are there any countries on Earth ruled by aliens? Technically, the answer is they are alien countries, and they're on the inside. And they're either alien or ancient race countries on the inside of Earth. Of the known, I think there's something like 160 different races and different countries on the surface of the Earth that are mankind, none of which even have leading people of an alien origin in them. Okay. As far as you want to go on that one? Well, like like you said, we don't really want to get into into the political side of it. The reality is, if the aliens were running Earth, okay, we would not have literally the famine, the crime, you know, the crime again and the wars between governments. They just wouldn't exist. You, their methodists, and even the homelessness would be a thing of the past, and that would happen overnight. But you guys wouldn't like the way that they solved the problem. Let's go to Mennonite Abe. Are there any? Oh, I already said that one. My goodness, I'm way behind here. Uh, let's go to Super Duke from World Bigfoot Radio. Keith, is it true that the Sasquatch people are members of the Galactic Federation, but we are not advanced enough yet ourselves? Uh, number one, no. However, the Wara, which look very similar to the Sasquatch, are members of the of the Galactic Consortium. Okay, um, but no, the Sasquatch itself are not members. They are simply denizens of Earth. And yeah, we've had that debate before. But no, they are not members of the Consortium. Another question here. Let us go to our good friend here. Where are we? Our good friend here, the Michael Leger from Vancouver Island. Aliens, they are no longer helping us, right? Not entirely. They're helping individuals. They gave up trying to trying to guide the guide the governments and the corporations because the contracts that they did have from years back have all been broken by humans. However, the off-worlders are still reaching out to individuals. But in answer to the question that goes with that, there's a number of people claiming that they are in constant contact with these people, but they're also, at the same time, they're saying, you know, they're talking about war and how the aliens are going to invade. That's not even on the table. It's not even in the room. You know, so the the offworlders are still striving to help people, but they're to help mankind, but they're doing it by targeting individuals. And when I say targeting, I do not mean abducting. Okay, I mean consulting with or conversing with what you would call a contactee. All right, let's continue on. Let's go to Amy. What are your thoughts on stuff that's happening off the coast of Bimini? 
I not know. I know what Bimini and what Bimini is. Um, I don't know what's going on over there right now, but I will tell you this. They, they're looking at that from the standpoint of it being the lost ruins of Atlantis. And that's only partially accurate. It is. Uh, Atlantis sit there. But Atlantis didn't sink. If you take a look at the fall at the at the fall lines on the ruins in underneath the, the Bimini the Bimini Ocean there, you'll notice a staggering similarity between the between the fall lines of the pillars and the fall lines of a shuttle launch, of the towers from a shuttle launch. See, when Atlantis left, it left the anchor point behind. And yes, there are satellite places, you know, in various parts around the around the world that were of Atlantean origin. Okay, but of course when Atlantis took off, kind of wiped out the support lines. All right, let's move on here, Keith, because we got about four minutes before we gotta go to break. Let's go to Eric. Is it against the rules of the consortium to help us? Break the grip of the cabal that is suppressing the advancement of our species. Uh, the answer is no. Okay. Uh, well, correction. Let me read that again here. Is it against the rules? The consortium cannot step in and stop mankind from destroying itself it's, uh, or from holding itself back. They are not permitted to step in and go, you know, and go, no, you can't be doing that. You've got to step down. This is a human evolutionary standpoint, a social social evolutionary standpoint that humans have to band together and and bring it into. But we have to realize that the reason there are so many people that are listed as a part of the cabal, they're part of the elite, is because the rest of the humans, or the majority of them, are looking at these people going, they are so much better than I am, therefore they're elite. Or therefore they're a member of the cabal and they've got way more power than I've got. People have to wake up and realize, you've got the same power that the elites have, that the so-called elite members of the cabal have. What you don't have is a conviction in your own heart that you've got power. And you probably don't have the money that they've got. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. But, let's, yeah. let's go to Ra- no, let's try and get in as many questions as we can here. Keith. Absolutely. Let's go to Raz. Did you know that Dave is absolutely is secretly El Avni Volador? No, Dave is not El Avni Volador. This is a sick and vicious rumor that is going around that El Avni Volador. And myself are the same person. No, they are not. And let's quash those rumors right now. Let's go to Carlito. Hi, Keith. What can we learn from the aliens to better ourselves? We got uh, just over 90 seconds. Number one, that no matter who you, you, who you choose to worship, no matter what color you are, who you crawl into bed with, who you vote for, all of that doesn't matter. You're all on equal footing and you're all of equal value. That is the biggest thing you can learn from the off-worlders. And that all these different, all the different compartmentalized 
people and people of the planet can actually get along if they will choose to, to communicate instead of blaming everybody else. Well, where's the fun in that? We've all been, we've been taught. Where's the fun in Um, that? Hmm. Well, you know, I could ask the same thing about the, about the black plague. That was a hoot from my end. You know, the black death. I made a lot of money that lifetime. Yes. I was a bit twisted. That seems to carry on. Uh huh. All right. Let us uh, try and sneak one more in. We got about 40 seconds here. Let's go to uh, John Swan. Is there any race that compares to the Klingons from Star Trek? Oh, there are, and quite frankly, yes. There's one race that's very similar to them, except their pain, pain thresholds off the deck, and that would be the Vegans. The Moldocks are another race that are very similar in temperament to the Klingons. Now, before anybody asks, no, I do not speak Klingonese. But the closest race temperamentally-wise would be the Moldock. All right, buddy, I appreciate Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to, because you can do it, if you have the right tools, and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. Businesses need to think beyond today. That's why ADP uses data-driven insights to design HR solutions to help your business find more success tomorrow. HR, time, talent, benefits, payroll, ADP, always designing for people. Then our Keith Andrews and the ET Connection continues with audience questions coming in to hour number two of Spaced Out Radio. Keith joins us near the beginning of each month to take us on a wild ride on the woo train of all things extraterrestrial. You don't have to believe it. You don't have to like it. But you can't have fun with it. Our Keith Andrews and the ET Connection continues right after this. All right, Keith, uh, I'm going to just let you say hello to a few people here and then uh, try and keep the questions to uh, a minimum so that way I can mark them when I get back, okay? Yeah, I'll leave the the questions that are showing up in in caps. I'll leave alone completely. Be right back. Absolutely. Well, guys, my apologies. I am... Still having computer problems. However, I've got a small computer that I will be putting. On, I will be putting online on Sunday night. My son is going to actually install it for me, so hopefully that will correct part of the problem. But this one is frankly dying. You know, I really appreciate the the people. You know, the support here, guys. I wish I could tell you the technology was going to work right, but you know, we're pretty much hooped on that. You know, but, you know, the the one thing, um, the one topic that I won't deal with here, we avoid, just before anybody gets carried away with it, we do avoid the political side of things primarily 
because um, from my standpoint, I don't understand human t- human politics at all. Okay, I mean, I understand it, but it's completely a botch job in a lot of ways. But just put it in perspective, because there are so many people that are coming out and going, you know, and going, oh, the aliens are controlling this country, they're controlling that corporation. No, they're not. So here's a crash course in how the aliens would solve the economic problems that we have here. And like the cabal was brought up, one of the easiest ways for them to wipe out the problem if they were pretended to do so is they would take a look through all of the documents that are here and all the chatter that's going on. And though they wouldn't do extreme research and look for little loopholes, they would simply go, okay, they go to the individual and go, you've been accused of being a member of the cabal. Okay, and we've got proof of it, therefore you're dead. Actually, in all fairness, they wouldn't tell them. But if it's a question, they would go to the person and say, okay, you're an alien sitting in a CEO's position or in the, the operating seat of a government. Uh, you're going to step down now. And if they even say one word about arguing it, they will get terminated right there in front of everybody. These are just the ways of solving the political problems. You know, the legal system would be streamlined to the extreme. You know, in a nutshell, the mess that's going on in the States and the one in in Europe right now where the war is, is taking place, the war would be ended from orbit. Nobody would even see it happen. It would not be a question of, Let's take out the Russians or let's take out the, you know, let's take out the Ukrainians. It would be, let's wipe that area clear. We'll take out the entire superstructure and build and build over it. Okay. The issue in a simple method, the issue of death row, they clean the deck on it. They would simply walk into the prisons and wipe out everybody on death row. Wouldn't bother camping hearings. They would simply go in and wipe them out. This is the kind of thing that people are saying. The aliens are running the they're running the world. They're running the countries. You know, they're running corporations, and then this is just the way that they across the consortium, okay, wipe out that kind of conflict. Okay, so are the the the. Off-worlders have a very simple doctrine. Humans are the caretakers of Earth. And as long as whatever humans are doing is not directly threatening Earth, might threaten the people. But if it's not threatening Earth, they'll let it happen. If it's going to threaten Earth herself, they will shut it down, like they did with the missile crisis, when they shut all all the nuclear missiles down. No... Hate to tell you this, world, but the Dracos are not running the corporations. They'd love to, if they were permitted, because they do they should be running everything. But no, there is not a single race or a group of races that are running Earth. Not even remote, not even functionally remotely. All right, Keith, I'm going to get you to hold on right there. I'm just going to catch up here on some questions here and uh, say hello to everybody who hopped on in new listener from Sweden, Michael Engdahl, call him Christopher. 
Yeah, he's wearing Michael Samuelson's old number 26 starting on left wing tonight from Lulea, Sweden. Yes, we love it. We love our Swedes around here. Well, let's see who else has jumped in here. Uh, another question. Questions. You're looking good, Keith, by the way. Your your pork chop sideburns are looking fantastic. Thank you. I appreciate it. Not planning on removing him anytime soon. Oh, good. We don't want you to. Will we see you in Vegas? Uh, unless a miracle happens, I'd be inclined to say probably not. Oh, that's too bad. I am. I still desire to make it there. Problem is, not only am I now unemployed, but they turned down my EI claim as well. Yeah, well, you'll get that figured out. All right, guys. Thank you to our super chatters tonight. Very much appreciate Adam, Vaughn, Donnie Times 2, Pete, Amy, Mike, Nancy, and Smithy and Carlito. Here we go with Hour 2. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook, Spaced Out Radio Show. Hour number two of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Thank you so much for joining us. We really do appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Live, KPNL, and TalkStream Live. Yeah. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Tachytelic. Tachytelic is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the Clam sets a password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on with our Keith Andrews and the ET Connection. And your questions as we fire them on up here, Keith. And we are going to get going right off the bat with Nikki here. She says, Keith, good evening. How many different races of ETs work with governments that you know of? And which races are they? Well, I do know that the that the Srizazians and the Chitawari, the Srizazians, the Chitawari, the Greys, and the Nordics are involved with different governments around the world. Am I going to turn around and tell you exactly who's got who? That's a good way to get hung out to dry. No. But I will tell you, there are races that are involved with every one of the major corporations or with major corporations, with every one of the of the primary governments and some of the smaller governments. You know, the Chitawari, for instance, aren't dealing with a major government. They're dealing with the uh, tribes, you know, and the, and the smaller communities. But the, the, uh, the Chitawari aren't actually an, an alien race. They're actually a, an a ancient race. So I'd be inclined to say you're probably looking at 15, 20 different races. But understand very clearly, none of them are authorized to trade 
you know, to trade weapon secrets or to work as spies in other race, in other in other countries. Okay. They are permitted only to help with medical where possible and or communication lines. Okay, they do not have control of any of the major factions. All right, let's continue on here, my friend. Let's go to Sovereign. Is the solar flash reset just an excuse to wipe out evidence of alien crimes against humanity? Uh, First of all, uh, aliens, according to both aliens and humans, aren't creating, aren't committing any crimes any more than humans are committing crimes against the against the feline race or the whales by tagging them and taking blood samples. Okay, we gotta understand that that the off worlders see humans. When you're craving church's three piece classic, there's no other option. Two crispy legs, a thigh, and a warm honey butter biscuit are the only way. And that's why we call it a classic. Church's Texas Chicken. Tap the banner to find your nearest location. Offer valid at participating locations. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. On the whole, barely above the the level of a capuchin monkey. Okay, except with a lot more curiosity and technological potential. What does that mean? As for the solar flare being a reset, that's something that if it happens, will put mankind back in the Stone Age. Well, that's nice. That's very nice. We don't need that. We really don't need that. Let's go to James here. Keith, where do the Hukua's owl race live? Well, number one, certainly not here. They, the Uka, actually, I can't give you the planet's name. I don't know modern modern uh, astronomy. I can tell you they come from, from two wormholes away. Okay. The first wormhole they hit just outside the orbit of, of Pluto on the on the galactic center um, side of the of the solar system. Perfect. Let's go to Yeah, Raz. where the second one jumps to quite Finish up. Go ahead. Finish up. Yeah, where they go to from the first one, I'm not entirely certain. But again, astronomy is even with them. Astronomy is not a solid suit of mine. Let's go to Raz. We must learn to love one another. UFO flower power coming, Keith? Um, Mankind is slowly figuring it out. So, no, they're not going to come down and go, oh, let's all be nice to each other. You know, they do encourage it. And this is where the communication with some of some of the um, of the contact that are not talking about the world being wiped out, okay, are coming in. You know, that's to use. 
All right, let's continue on here, my man. Let's go to Derek. But are we looking? Keith, you're breaking up quite a bit again. Uh, so let's. Uh, there you go. You seem to have hopped back here. Let's go to Derek here. What alien race operates the Tic Tac UFOs, and which one the cubed craft? And Keith is frozen up once again. So we'll just take him out here. Uh, so, oh, all of these alien questions. I wish, 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 wish I could. Uh, let's see if he's back here. Keith, are you back? You seem to be moving now. Can you hear us okay? Maybe not. Maybe not. Let's try. You're even your volume keeps cutting out. Yeah, the, it's on your side, Keith. Um, we're, we have a good signal here going, and uh, it seems to be yellow, kind of pushing here on your end. All right, Keith, you're going to have to uh, reboot your computer again. And try and get through that. We'll try and uh, get Keith back here momentarily here on Spaced Out Radio. And, uh, you know, one of the things, uh, I'll try and boot through some of these questions as well. Because I kind of know some of uh, these questions answers. And uh, let's, let's continue on here. Let's go to Marty, who is asking... Uh, about the Zetas and Greys actually Earth's humans, us from the future. Believe it or not, there are actually many people, even within the the Pentagon, who believe that that might be the case. And it's really, really weird because, I mean, it's hard to believe that potentially they could be time travelers from the future. But that is one of the theories that is given within the UFO community, and this is something that is being st uh, studied. Uh, Lou Elizondo has been one who says, we're not sure who or where they are from, and they could potentially be time travelers from the future uh, trying to get DNA to help recreate humanity because, I mean, let's face it, we are ever-evolving. We really are ever-evolving, so uh, we're not sure uh, really what's going on. Uh, Amy is asking, are aliens, despite their straight face, laughing inside? I don't think the greys really have a sense of humor. I, I hate to I hate to put it that way. I don't want to put it on a negative tone because, you know, some greys just seem to do their thing. They really do seem to just do their thing and uh, and kind of go from there. I mean, they don't seem to have any feelings. They don't seem to have any emotion when they take people. So it's hard to uh, really instill whether or not they are truly here for fun or they are just here for, you know, kind of pushing the limits of what they need to do as little, you know, inhumane scientists who will do whatever it takes in order to get the job done, so to speak. So I'm not sure whether or not that actually answers your question, but, I don't see the aliens having much of a sense of humor, especially the greys. 
They just seem a little too stoic and a little too, I don't know, yuppity, shall we say. Yuppity. All right, let's continue on. Let's see what other questions I might be able to answer for you. Let's see here. Oh, yeah, Stacy Dean. Does Keith know what the swirl is over Hawaii? Uh, Stacy, from what I have been able to find out about that, and uh, Tim Senor actually did a story about this uh, just a couple of days ago on the UFO report, that that swirl was actually produced by a SpaceX rocket. And it has happened many a times previous. It is nothing alien, unfortunately. We wish that it was. Because we do love our aliens around here. And I'd never really seen that before. But you know what? Sometimes when rockets go up, you get to see some pretty cool things. And if you've never seen a rocket flying through space, honestly, it is pretty, pretty incredible. A couple of years ago, believe it or not, myself, uh, my buddy Mark and my buddy Mike, we were out on a Sasquatch hunt sitting on top of one of the mountains uh, out where I live on Mount Timothy. And literally, there was no light pollution whatsoever at all that night. Not a cloud in the sky. And we looked to the southeast, and lo and behold, there was a SpaceX rocket that was breaking through the atmosphere. And it it was like right out of a cartoon or a drawing where the tip of the nose had the the big white surge of you know going out from it, and then the tail had the the bright white tail coming from the back of the rocket engine. It was pretty incredible. So uh, I've never seen that before. Who knows if I'll ever get to see that again. But, you know, when SpaceX sends those rockets up, follow the trajectory because if it comes over your house, you might be able to see something really, really cool. But, yes, that was uh, SpaceX and not uh, anything alien, unfortunately. All right. No, the China balloons are not space junk. They are big. They are big. They look like a big white-headed zit that needs to be popped up in the sky. But nonetheless, they do have to um they do have to have some work done on them. That's for sure. I see little Timmy Senor sitting here for a minute. I might bring him in here for a couple of seconds. Little Timmy Senor from the UFO report. You you're in a little bit early. You're in and out of the studio tonight, my man. Yep, I was uh, getting the kids some snacks a little bit earlier, but they're they're kicking it, so I can spend a little time with you guys. Uh, what kind of snacks? Uh, so uh, I have these really good Johnsonville cheese sausages, and oh, my yeah. my son was craving one of those, so I whipped one of those up with some of the big Cheez-Its, you know, like the big ones on the side. And uh, some OJ and these little mini cupcakes. So that's what my son got. And then my daughter, of course, wanted something different. So I made her a tuna sandwich because that's what she's into right now. Orange juice. And uh, she got some crackers on the side there. Those big Cheez-Its. I just love those. You know what? I uh, I had um, Indian food tonight for dinner. <laughs> You had what? Indian food. Oh, that's like my yeah, favorite. Like I but, butter chicken and oh, yeah. rice and garlic mm. naan bread. And it's just killing me right now. 
oh. killing me right now. I have the worst heartburn going on right now. I'm already like two giant tums. Uh, I don't even know what they call them because they're not pills. But you got to chew them up and it feels like drywall going down your throat. You're such a rookie. What are you talking about? A... What are you talking about? You and your butter chicken. When we do it like spicy around here, if I don't add spice to every Indian dish around here, my kids send it back. They're so. Come like... to my house. Come to my house and check out my hot sauce collection. Oh, okay. That's a different kind of hot sauce. You might kill me there. Yeah. But uh, don't don't try and get tough I with me the there, Indian Tim Bits. Don't try and get tough with me there, Tim Bits, because do you, do I you got, have a wall of hot sauce? Yes, I've got That's about crazy. I've got about eighteen bottles opened in my fridge right now, and I've got oh. I've got about another nine or ten bottles that I haven't even opened yet. That's amazing. You're a connoisseur. That's so cool. Do you like a hot wing guy? I mean, obviously we've had hot wings together. I know you love hot wings. Is that how you do it, or do you just put it on everything, like eggs and stuff? Depends on what it is. I I, I don't okay. mind putting hot sauce on anything, you know. And, and we're not talking Frank's, okay? That's child's play. All right, <laughs> that's just child's play, you know. But uh, no, I do put hot sauce on pretty much every meal. And I gotta be the problem is I gotta be careful too because I suffer from uh, diverticulitis. And, oh yeah, and That's uh, rough. and uh, that isn't too good for um, for my stomach and other areas. Mm-hmm. Can irritate. Yeah. Yeah. So I have to be careful. Like when I get into the real, real hot stuff that I have, like the ghost pepper type stuff, Carolina Reaper oh. type stuff. You know, oh, I think yeah. I think the hottest hot sauce I have in my fridge right now is about one point five million Scoville units. Yeah. You're a madman. Yeah. So I mean, you know, you gotta you gotta be, you know. Wow. It's gotta be the okay, right. That's meal. on another level. That's yeah. another level yeah. of hot. That's not Indian food level, that's other level stuff. Uh, let's go to uh the Michael Leger here. Dave, if you filmed the aliens you saw, would people believe you? Absolutely not. That is why I am uh not somebody who believes in filming and video. If you got the million dollar video, keep it for yourself and never cash it in. Never cash it in. Why? People say, well, why not? Why not? And my answer to that is actually quite simple. If the next 50 years you want your children, your grandchildren, your family to be harassed, uh, thrown death threats, and and you run through the mill, especially in this social media atmosphere, uh, like the Bledsoe's, don't do it. It's not worth it. It's not worth the stress, the heartache, uh, you know, being called a liar every day that you made it up even though you didn't. And, you know, I, I feel sorry for people like that. Poor Mr. Gimlin. And, you know, he's lived with a life of having to explain his Bigfoot video to people over and over and over. Well, the thing is, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Okay? If you release the video, people are going to tell you it's a fake, even though it's not. And then you're going to get so frustrated at some point, a couple years later, you're going to say, yeah, okay, fine. 
it's fake. Just leave me alone. And then everybody's going to go, aha, caught you. It's fake. You mentioned it's fake. You lied. You're a liar. And they don't let up. They don't let up. And that's why Travis is such a hero, because he hasn't changed his story, and he's been so steadfast about remaining in the public view, even though he's, I'm sure, met with tons of scorn. But um, he's managed to stay out in the public view and represented his case. I think that that takes a lot of guts to do. Let's bring in our Keith Anders again. How you doing, Keith? Well, I'm going with the computer, but I unplugged everything I can. There you go. There so, you go. I think your computer may need a defragging or something. Remember the old you need defrag? Replacement. Or that too. That too. All right. Let's continue on. You can hang out if you want, little Timmy Senor. Uh let's go to uh Sovereign here who is asking you, Keith, as we got about four minutes left. There is talk about humans being transported to another world after the supposed reset solar mm-hmm. flash. If you know about this, please elaborate. Uh, number one, there's no plans in relocating Earth, in re- relocating any of the peoples of Earth to another location except by humans. But the off-worlders aren't looking at moving Earth, at moving at all, at moving the peoples at all. If the fl- if the if the solar flare happens at that magnitude and doesn't wipe out human the human race, humans will still be left as the caretakers of Earth. But they'll have to start over again in the Stone Age. Gotcha. All right. Let's let's move on here, Keith, because we got a bunch here to get through. Let's go to Nancy here, who is asking, are contactees protected by extraterrestrials? Honestly, if you mean are they stopping other, they are from the standpoint of once a contactee has an established connection with a given, with a given group then all others leave them alone. Be Otherwise, it interferes with the research. But as far as our contactees protected from humans, not at all. All right. The unknown would like to know, do you know if Eisenhower's treaty with extraterrestrials really happened? Depends on which treaty. Uh, okay. Um, the, the theory I've heard is that somebody made, is that they made a treaty for the exchange of some humans in order for technologies and what have you. The answer to that is from everything I'm aware of, no. Okay, were there was there supposed to be a, a technological and information exchange abs- and cultural exchange? Absolutely. But it was not to be done at the expense of the of the individual. Right on. Right on. Okay, let's move on here, Keith. And let's get to Derek. What alien race controls the Tic Tac UFOs and which alien race controls the cube UFOs? You know, that and that answer is somewhere locked in my research. And I'm trying to remember. I honestly don't recall right offhand. I do know I've got it written down somewhere. And that one is one of those things that once I get the computer working, I will pull it apart. Until I find it, I think it's listed in the in volume two that I that I came across it, but it may not have been transferred yet. It's a problem. Okay, let's continue on. Let us go over to Sovereign. We got one minute left, Keith. 
Is it true that all governments have never been human-run this entire time, but alien-run by aliens in human suits, shapeshifters? That is absolutely, in my, in my opinion and from all my knowledge, that is absolutely 100% bogus. Off-worlders, ancient races, none of them run government. Humans are the ones screwing it up. And they're doing quite a good job of it. Yeah, we're pretty good at that. We are pretty good at that. All right, let's continue on here, my friend. And let us go to, uh, you know what? We only got about 20 seconds left. So let's just hold off on that because we are going to go to break here at the uh, bottom of the hour. Our Keith Andrews and the ET Connection. We are battling a little bit of technical issues tonight, but that's okay. We're still going to run through a bunch of questions that we have for Keith here coming on up here as we got Keith for another half hour on Spaced Out Radio before we bring in the Swamp Dweller, then bring in little Timmy Senor, and then if you're watching live on YouTube and Twitch, after that we will go to an after hours with Tim and Random Guy talking about the Chinese balloons, UFOs, and more. Man, we got lots of show left. We really do appreciate it. We'll be right back with more Spaced Out Radio. All right, we're clear. Okie doke. Look at Scowling Greg O'Brien picking up the hat trick of Super Chats. You don't get much more scowling than that photo right there. I'm sure you do. You just have to make him mad. This is a smile. Yeah. Scowling Greg O'Brien will be putting his scowl into the public persona at the uh, Spaced Out Radio uh, Vegas party. So a little Timmy Senor. He'll be hanging out there. <clears throat> I can vouch for that frown of his. I was there for that photo. <laughs> That that little photo right there. Yeah, I, I was there for that. For I, yeah. for uh, this one out right in the here. desert. Mm-hmm. This one right here. <laughs> That's out in some scrub. What's the RV is pinging? somewhere in the background. Who is pinging right now? That's oh, that's right. my cell phone. Okay, Greggy. Mm-hmm. The Greggles. Look at Stargazer here. I sub first five minutes of listening. Woohoo! Thank you. Thank you kindly. <laughs> Aussie Gold, how you doing? How's tomorrow looking for us, Aussie Gold? You know, I've got a bottle of ghost uh, pepper hot sauce that is uh, sealed by wax, and I still haven't opened it. I'm scared to open that one. Yeah, that one's going to burn your lungs out in a hurry. Oh, yeah. I've got a packet of eight uh, Carolina Reaper peppers sitting in my... So in case I decided I wanted to make my own, I would uh, put those in there. Uh, Henry Plotch, welcome to SOR Chat. What is going on with the Chinese balloons? It sounds like a cover story. We're going to find... Businesses need to think beyond today. That's why ADP uses data-driven insights to design HR solutions to help your business find more success tomorrow. HR, time, talent, benefits, payroll, ADP, always designing for people. Business today looks nothing like it did yesterday. 
While it's more unpredictable, its possibilities are endless. At ADP, turning unpredictability into an advantage is what we do. Using data-driven insights, we design HR solutions to help businesses work better, smarter, so they can think beyond today and find even more success tomorrow. HR, time, talent, benefits, payroll. ADP, always designing for people. Find out from random guy after the sh- after the radio side of the show is over. And uh, so stick around. It'll be probably in an hour and a half. Everybody's like, hour and a half? Holy gosh, darn it. How am I supposed to stay up till then? You can do it. You can do it. I'm covering it. Mr. Cowley. Dun, dun, dun. Welcome back to the show. Dun, dun. Oh, Mr. Cowley. Dun, dun, dun. Loves his spaced out. Radio. Hey, little Jimmy Goodall is here. There he is. Uh, apparently, they did shoot uh, the two down, one or two of them down already. Um, yep. And then the yeah, Can- they're sitting down. They're probably asking if they're friendly after the open fire. Yeah, the the Canadian one, the Can- the blue the balloon in Canada. Well, it's staring in the middle of nothing right now. <laughs> Oh, little Jimmy Goodall, will, the legend, will be in Las Vegas. Oh, yeah. Along with Michael Schratt, who will be our guest a week from now. And, yep. It ain't just any old weather balloon, though. <laughs> Oh, I hear you. I hear you. And just for the record, to let everybody know, uh, I put up the video, or I didn't. Uh, El Avdi Volador put up his video on um, on challenging uh, the Navajo warrior on Instagram, and the Navajo warrior has yet to respond, nor his wife, Crazy Hot Morgan. Okay, so I don't know. Elavni Volador doesn't sing. You know, I'm getting really upset with the audience here. By the way, we have 293 people watching right now. That is incredible. Hello, everybody. Keith, this may be a record for you tonight. It is on a lot of fronts. <clears throat> yeah. Um, hi, Sarah Yan. How are you? And no, no, I didn't say Siri. Um, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of cool. Two ninety seven. Uh, let's see if we can get two hundred thumbs up tonight, if you don't mind. Two ninety eight. Come on, we're pushing the three hundred here. We need two more. I want to see Keith get three hundred tonight. I do. Two ninety eight is just so close. Uh, thank you to our super chatters. Adam, Carlito, Smithy, Nancy, Mike, Vaughn, Donnie times two, Pete, Amy, Stephen, uh, Scowling, Greg O'Brien with the hat trick, and Derek, thank you so much for the love. We really do appreciate uh, the continued support. Damn it, we're down to 296. Come on, let's push it over here. Appreciate it. Thanks, Greg, for the super chat as well. And uh, we'll get it going here. 
We pass the halfway point of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Thank you so much for joining us. We very much appreciate earning your listening ears. want to remind you that if you miss portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you including rocking out to Bumblefoot, reading the newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We really do appreciate our Keith Andrews and the ET Connection coming on in. And joining us, little Timmy Senor. We call him the Timbit around here. You can get your questions in too. But we're going to continue with audience questions right about now for Mr. Keith. And let's go to Super Crazy Movie Geek. Keith, do you think humans have already visited an E.T. planet as guests? Uh, yes, but not a not a political entourage. Individuals have. But governments, uh, governments have not been brought out to, uh, to the best of my knowledge, have not been brought to any of the other, to any of the other planets, save for the moon. Which isn't exactly a planet, by the way, but it is kind of occupied. Yes, we know other people who believe that there might be people on the moon. I think the moon is a lot more popular than what we think. Right? Oh, yeah. I really, really do. And uh, let's move on here to Robo. Any recorded encounters between humans and aliens where the human uses fisticuffs to thwart the abduction? The answer is yes. I've known of a, of a few of them that did. Okay, where it did actually work. It depends on the race you're being abducted by. The grays you can do it with, right? You're trying to take. You're trying to physically take on some of the other races. Not a prayer, but it has happened. It's just that interesting. Just that interesting. All right, let's move on. Let's go to sovereign. Why do aliens constantly censor, suppress, wipe out memories, libraries, all info regarding the larger alien agenda? Well, we start off with the censor and suppress and wipe out memories. They don't actually wipe them out. They bury them. And the reason for that is to try and leave the humans working with, yes, a question, but they try and leave them working with a relatively unobstructed life. As far as the, the Library of Alexandria, that was not the aliens doing. That was mankind's doing. Okay. So as far as the larger, the larger alien agenda, um, their large alien agenda is no real critical secret. They want to understand the, the xenosocioeconomic evolution of the human genome at this point in time. Because mankind has once again reached that area and that point where they're either going to blow themselves back to the Stone Age or they're going to get on with life. But it's up to you guys whether or not they do. Sure. All right, Keith, let's move on here. And let's go to Deb. I have it on good authority that the Pleiadians are the race of music and humor. Is this true? Well, humor, I wouldn't, I'm, I'm not a good example of human, or of humor. But Pleiadians are not 
as advanced in the in the music side as what the Venusians are. But that being said, are they good at the music side of it? Yes. Because of the fact they use it as a part of the healing side. All right. Let's move on here, my friend. And let's go to Nikki. Odd question, Keith. I remember a certain planet that starts with an M. I've been there. He knows what the what the planet is. On the other side of the moon with a cloaking device, does it really have the ability to cloak? Uh, number one, I presume that they, that um, that Angels is referring to Mobius. And no, it does not cloak. It's also not technically on the other side of the moon. It's on the other side of the sun. And it's not that it cloaks. It's that you just literally cannot physically see it from Earth, ever. Because it's in a geosynchronous balance point orbit with Earth on the exact same speed of orbit. Okay, let's continue on here. Let's go over to Sovereign. Is it true that all governments have never been human? Actually, we asked that question already. Let's get to another one from him. Uh, is there a way to faster unzip all of the memory data from our cells instead of waiting lifetimes for it to unfold? Technically, the answer is yes. But the cataclysmic system failure that you're likely to go through from a, from a mental standpoint may create some complications. It's kind of like taking all the water behind the Hoover Dam and trying to push it through a water hose. May not result in the best outcome. Gotcha. Let's go to 1971 Marduk. What does Keith know of intelligent plasma? Well, there is the race of the, the Korlok are are a race that's similar to that they're more like an like a uh, intelligent amoeba and then you have the the magmar which aren't actually an alien race they are simply an alien and well they're not well, plasma anyway they're magma but there is a race and no i don't have a name for you just yet but i am adding it to the to the files in in book two in volume two all right let us go to Vaughn. Keith, did the Eben exchange happen? Uh, somebody's going to have me have to bring me up to speed on what the Eben exchange was. I have no idea. No idea. All right. Let us continue on here. And let's go to Ozzy Gold, who is asking, Keith, have you seen the... Uh, Archaics channel? Any thoughts on simulation theory? First and foremost, the answer is no. But as far as as far as simulation theory goes, uh, presumably he is referring. Presumably, Ozzy Gold is referring to the theory that we're living in a matrix-style environment. And if that's the case. That's a wonderful theory, and it's great for the movies, but it's not what we're living in. From not from anything I've ever seen. All right, W. David Page is asking: Did any of the Apollo missions actually make it to the moon? As far as I'm aware, all except one, and I can't remember which one it was that they had problems on the launch pad and couldn't get it off the ground. You, Dave, would actually be far more more adept at that. You know what? Or far more. We, I, I believe they have gone to the moon. 
many times and uh and they're still I, I, going on oh they've been going to the moon for years that's something we will ask random guy in the after hours part of tonight's show that will be just on our youtube channel channel so stick around for that and we will hit random guy up for that so remind me of that tim about the apollo and the balloons all right let's get to another question for you here keith and this one comes from, let's see, Rayfin. Has the recent event of Earth's core stopping and reversing affected the inner Earth's people? Absolutely. Like everybody, it, it, because we're talking about a planetary event, it does have impact. Now, fortunately, they know how to deal with it better than humans do. You know, basically what you're looking at there is a natural evolutionary setup. All right. Scowling Greg O'Brien would like to know, Mr. Keith, why are we here? We are literally here to remember who we are, to find all the bits and pieces of our actual memories. And I'm talking soul memories. But it's by experiencing the physical world with limited senses in order to gain a, a more intense understanding of it. And this is just a way of drawing the memories back to the surface. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you, Keith. And let's continue on here. Let's go to Raz. If we make contact individually, can these humans help speed up full disclosure? Well, it depends on your definition of full disclosure. Okay, sadly, what I'm finding is that even amongst the UFO community, if you go to, to many of the people that claim to work in this field and go, I think I may have been abducted, they are still, even amongst the UFO community, I witness them still getting ridiculed by people in that field. So, I'm, you know, people are afraid of actually accepting the fact that we're not on our own. Excellent answer. All right, Keith, let's move on here. And let's go to oh, let's go to Brendan H7, first time in our chat room tonight. Thank you, Brendan. Do you, alien races actually communicate through channeling? By what humans call channeling, uh, technically the answer would be yes. Some of them are telepathic. Most of them speak normally. Okay, and that's where, and some of you know of this of this pocket of the consortium, also known as Radio Command. They are the communication specialists that link everybody together. And rest assured, what we call the internet has nothing on their system. I press two, also new to our chat room. Welcome, Keith. Have the world societies been construction constructed purposely to suppress the full human experience? And how do we break away and Macedo evolve ourselves? Well, number one, the societies were constructed by people quite seriously, and this is going to cause a problem, by humans that did not want, they did not desire other humans to have the freedom. Now, that being said, that is a human construct. Can we break away from it? Absolutely. Stop following people that are telling you the world's going to end in X number of days, and I'm the only one you can talk to to avoid it. 
start dealing with each other as equals. In other words, do unto others as you desire them to do unto you, and you can stop the degradation of the societal envelope. But that's your guy's choice. Sounds right. Sounds right. Now let's go to Sovereign here. What is this supposed seven-year shift from 2018 to 2025 about? I'm guessing I'd have to do the numerological breakdown, but they the from what I'm looking at, it is a number that somebody decided to go, this is a great way to look at it. You know, we've got a major shift giving people a sense of hope. The problem is that people have to act on said hope to make this shift. Okay. No, but is there anything numerologically speaking or astrologically speaking that I'm aware of, much less from the from the off-worlder standpoint? For them, it's a very simple issue of society is simply at a point where you have the capacity to either literally blow yourself back to the to the Stone Age, or start actually using the communication technologies for what they were designed for, as in, oddly enough, communicating. All right, let's continue on here. Another one from Sovereign. Are screen memories of family members a concealed shapeshift for malevolent reasons? From everything I know of, no. They are sometimes put there, if you will, um, as a as a beginner's, like as a newcomer's um, technique for for covering a memory of an abduction, but not from a malevolent standpoint. Screen memories are literally take whatever you can find to try and leave the human in control of their own life. They already know that the human brain is evolving too fast for it to hold for very long. But their hope is that that communication with people that are versed in it can help settle the nerves. Let's go to Nikki. How do ETs put a human who is in a public location and around many people into a bubble-type environment where the human can't move, but ETs can walk up and inject the human? What is that bubble called? That is using, and that is using a variation on the triphasic technology that they use for the, for the dexal spanalyzer. I'm sure that helped. Um... <laughs> Basically, what they do is they, they envelop the person in a, neuro, in, a neural, in a neural bubble that stops the human from actually moving. And the, the races that are doing that are capable of completely blocking out visual contact of the other humans around. And again, it is simply an issue. It's not a malevolent thing. It's a case of let's stop them long enough to upgrade that tech or upgrade that tracker. Okay, let's continue on here. Let's go to Blue Cruise. Do the aliens, ETs, have any connection to the Mandela effect? Good question. Um, only in as much as they're part of reality and what humans understand as the Mandela effect is pretty much an all-encompassing thing for I haven't got a clue what's going on. And yeah, aliens and ETs 
do they've got a connection to it in a, the same way that humans and plants have a have a connection to it. It's a problem with understanding the actual Mandela effect. Let's go to Robo. I read a transcript of Channeled Reptilians, and he said they are vicious and cold, could uh, care less of humans. They eat him, kill him. The only value is slaves and entertainment for humans versus human battle. What's your thoughts, Keith? Well, first of all, the Teklek would quite happily have them over for dinner. Okay, the Tormenon will use them for whatever they can. But reptilians, we've got to understand that I know of off the top of my head, I've got a dozen different reptilian races, okay, that I've got documented. And not all of them are that nasty. Okay, so, you know, are some of them absolutely vicious? You bet. This is something I was explaining when I came back on the last time about the way that the off-worlders would deal with problems on Earth. So, yeah, some of them are pretty much, you know, they're pretty cold, they're pretty vicious. All right, let's move on. Nikki wants to know which kind of ET races were working with governments from years past. Well, let's see. The Halons were, the Srazazians have been for years. Uh, Teklek weren't actually working with the humans. The Greys have, the the Aniod have. Okay, the Nordics certainly did, although I question whether you call that working with them. They more and more importantly took over the position, and, and when the humans called them gods, they went, okay, we're gods. And they capitalized on it. Quite frankly, so did the Aniod. You know, but you're, and of course, the cheater. Business today looks nothing like it did yesterday. While it's more unpredictable, its possibilities are endless. At ADP, turning unpredictability into an advantage is what we do. Using data-driven insights, we design HR solutions to help businesses work better, smarter, so they can think beyond today and find even more success tomorrow. HR, time, talent, benefits, payroll, ADP. Always designing for people. When you stay at a Verbo, you always get the whole home. The whole upstairs, the whole downstairs, and the whole nap room. Only whole vacation homes. Always all yours. Book on the Verbo app. Mari have been working with humans for, for generations. All right. Sovereign wants to know, why do aliens prefer pictorial renditions and drawings of themselves instead of photographs? Sounds very suspicious to me. Well, if you have, by human standard, if you all of a sudden had a clear-cut, irrefutable photograph that was right there for all the public to see, mankind's entire view of itself would collapse overnight. Okay, a rendition that is done by a drawing, by a pictographical rendition, okay, is one that can be argued very effectively of, oh, that's a great picture that somebody came up with. And it can be chalked up to special effects in Hollywood. Okay, again, it boils down to protecting the human race from itself. All right, I think we got one more question for you tonight, Keith. This one comes from Truth or Tadement. 
Does Keith like theremin music? Um, no idea. Keith is more, no idea what theremin music is. Keith is more like he's more into Slipknot, Godsmack, Lamb of yeah, God. Wrong. <laughs> and thanks for playing. Avatar, Metallica. You know. Yeah, how about if we go with country? Oh my gosh! If I would have known that, I'd never let you in my vehicle again. I've never complained about you playing. The only time I complain about music is what they call death metal. It'll stop my heart cold. Which, by the way, I don't like happening. Right. By the way, Keith, you've set records today for yourself on our YouTube channel. Uh, 317 live. 317 live. Yeah. Now, we need all of you guys, if you haven't already, to go over to Keith's YouTube channel, which is our Keith Andrews, and go hit sub- uh, subscribe there. He's only a, he's not even at four hundred subscribers yet on YouTube, so we got to make sure that we can pump Keith up there a little bit. Little Timmy Senor, I know you are probably going to have some questions for Keith. You got some time. I, I left this last three minutes for you, man. That's super cool. My, my questions are always like so deep. I I mean, so I, I'll just shoot. So Keith, what do you think potentially is going on on the moon right now? It is a way station. Races coming in from races coming in from out of the area stop in there to make sure that they know the rules of the road on Earth of what they're permitted to do. Or they stop by on a refueling on a refueling run, or just simply for trade. I mean, it it basically boils down to a trading hub. Okay, with the inter- with the with the consortiums, if you will, police force sitting there. And so, do we have ways to get to the moon that are quicker than publicly we're aware of? Mankind is working on something, but have they perfected it until they start realizing they've actually got the key in their hand? It's going to be problematic. So right now, their their methods of travel are still limited by human technology. But mankind is on the verge of making a breakthrough. And so was the moon designed originally as a way station or was it just convenient? Because you've often said that the moon isn't really a moon or a planet. The moon was put there when Earth was brought into balance during the evolution of Earth itself to create a balance point to let life actually exist comfortably on Earth. It wasn't actually, the thing is, it's not a, from human technological standpoint, the moon is not constructed. Okay, it's constructed in much the same way the planets are, are built or how planets grow. So it was just kind of convenient. Pretty much, it was in a convenient place to put a way station. Okay, that that's that's great. I love that. Um, and so, how long has the moon been a part of this? Um, and how long has humankind been allowed to be a part of it? Like, it seems like we're only just getting back to the moon now, publicly at least. At least this country. And this is the third time that we've been to the moon, and that I remember. Okay, but 
That being said, mankind has been here for several million years. Not as mankind as we know it. Okay. But mankind was, was literally built here. And on that note, Keith, we got to make sure that everybody knows they can find your books on Amazon, your website, rkeithandrews.com, or is it Intervoice Enterprises? That's one of those little things. I mean, go to rkeithandrews.com is the easiest one. And, of course, contacting me directly at Intervoice Enterprises at yahoo.ca is certainly going to get you to me. Our Keith Andrews and the ET Connection. Coming up next, we're going to head to the swamp. Then little Timmy Senor takes over the next 45 minutes or so talking about UFOs and the UFO report. And then, if you're lucky enough to be watching us on YouTube, we are going to go after hours with Tim and Random Guy after this on Spaced Out Radio. Three hundred nineteen. You broke your record about well, about a hundred times tonight. Yeah, I mean it's just absolutely phenomenal from that standpoint. Thanks so much for the shout out. Oh, no problem. Everybody, go over to Keith's uh, YouTube channel and do that. Do me that favor. Hit subscribe. Okay, uh, I'll get a link here for you. I think Eric, you put up a link earlier, but. Uh, uh, let me go over here, and he's at 371 now. Let's see if we can get him up to like 400, 450 tonight. That'll make Keith feel good. Here's the link in here right there. Mr. Catfish, how you doing? Uh, peaked at 324, according to Pixie Lara. Look at that, Keith. That's kicking ass and taking names. I'll let you and Timmy have a little chat here, and then I'll disappear for a minute. <coughs> and uh, go from there. Okay, Doc. Cool. It's just you and me, Keith. Are you cool with that? I don't have a problem with it. Sweet. Because I'm, I'm going to ask you. I'm glad you were handy considering the technological problems, but my computer is dying. That's a bummer. Yeah, it's time to revitalize your tech, my friend. Um, so how about diving into Atlantis with me a little bit? Because... I've never really been schooled on it. Do you have a position on it? And um, maybe give us a little insight on how it could link. Well, number one, Atlantis never sank. It was set up at the Bimini Islands. But the re- it didn't sink. It got launched into orbit. The thing was a starship. Okay, it was a generation ship. And yes... They did have the interactions, the stories that are told of old, of the spires and the whole nine yards, very real. But what ended up happening way back then was the locals demanded that they get the technology that the, that the Atlanteans had. And some of the Atlanteans tried to help them, you know, tried to help them get it by sabotaging what was being worked on. Net result was it was an explosion that literally launched Atlantis off the planet. Okay. But this is what I meant about the Bimini Island wreckage that you that you look at. If you look at the at the drop lines of the stones underwater, mm-hmm. they look remarkably similar to the fall lines of the shuttle supports when a shuttle is launched. Interesting. Weren't they being called or depicted as roads? Like, I I know that they had discovered what they thought potentially could be roads in that area. 
Oh yeah, well they did they did lay down roads in the area. You know, because much as it, much as it was a city, they built the support structures and they had satellite communities that did evolve, which is why you've got people finding new satellite areas that they're going, here's a new location for Atlantis. It's not a new location, it's just Atlantis reached a lot further than what humans thought. Okay, and was was it a part of it above ground and part of it below water always, or has that shifted? So, or, or how did that change take place? I guess because we're finding evidence potentially of what we thought might be Atlantis, right? Yeah, but it's deep underwater still. So, was it at one point above ground? At one point, it was above ground. Okay, but of course, the shift in the Earth caused some pretty severe problems where it came to the where it came to the water lines. Okay, but yeah. Some of it was built underwater because you got to remember the Atlanteans had the technology of of operating underwater. They did; they were not aquatic. Okay, okay. the Atlanteans used technology to function under the surface of the water. And did they still survive? Have they managed to survive? Oh yeah, there were a few Atlanteans that got left behind when the when the ship left. Of course, the ship didn't exactly leave of its own accord. Explain. There was an explosion on in in the in the Atlantean engine room. Okay, in their power room. Okay. That launched the ship. Quite frankly, it killed it literally killed thousands of Atlanteans in the Exodus. Wow. Is there anywhere historically that we have this record and have humans tried to cover up this potentially? It's my firm belief that, yes, we do. Where it would be, talk to your governments and the military and see how far you get. Uh, I am certain that there is record of it. We only have about a minute left. I want to get Nicole's question because this is kind of cool. Keith, have you ever been around what the Germans call being number six? I'm not honestly certain what being number six is. Okay. We'll have to look that up. I'll have to pick Nicole's brain for that. Interesting. Welcome, John Music, the man with the tightest hair and beard combination going around in the UFO world. Appreciate you coming on in. Keith, we're going to have to say goodnight to you, my friend. We love you, buddy. Thank you so much, and goodnight to you. Goodnight, Keith. Keith. We'll talk to you next month. and Well, I'll talk to you before that, but we love Keith around here. And... Little Timmy Senor, we got about 30 seconds. I want to say thank you to all of our super chatters tonight. Adam Carlito times two, Smithy, Nancy, Mike, Vaughn, Donnie times two, Pete, Amy, Stephen, Greg times four, Derek, uh, Greg times three, and Simon, Pam, and Ozzy Man, and Robo for the super chats. Here we go with the third hour, everyone. Let's head to the swamp. you like to connect with us head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info 
Now, back to Dave Scott and SOR. Third and final hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, Talk Stream Live at KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Tacatelic. Tecatelic is your password. Use it wisely, space travelers, as the clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. It is time once again to head to the swamp. A resident swamp dweller takes us on another spooky journey. Hi, Spaced Out Radio listeners. This is Swamp Dweller. It's time for your nightly dose of spookiness on the show. If you have an interesting encounter or a spooky story that you would like to share, be sure to submit them in at swampdweller.net. You can also find our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash swampdwellerreads. Now, let's chill out, relax, and together, let's enter the swamp. My name is Bree. I am a 21-year-old female and I live in a small town in northern Ontario. The stories I'm going to share all took place in a house my family and I lived in until I was 13 years old. None of these stories are in chronological order, due to how young I was when they took place. The first story I will share was with my younger sister, Mac, who was two years younger than me, and at the time, I was about six years old. We were playing outside one summer day. The wind was blowing particularly hard, and our mother was watching us from inside the house. To give a visual of the layout of our home and yard, our house was known as the backward house, since it was built backward. So, our mother was able to watch us while doing dishes in the kitchen. There was also a massive hedge separating our house from the neighbor next to us, and there was a considerable distance between the hedge and our home. My sister and I were not playing any games, just running around and having fun as kids do. Suddenly, out of nowhere, I and my sister froze like statues. We both looked at each other and simultaneously looked at the space between our home and the hedge. To our surprise, there was a woman there. She was wearing a beautiful long green flowing dress and had equally beautiful, long, wavy red hair and was very fair. She seemed to float rather than walk, and seemed fixed on where she was going. As quickly as we noticed her, she vanished into the basement wall of our home. My sister and I then took a look at each other, and honestly, we both looked incredibly puzzled. I did not want to say anything to her at first, because my sister was known to copy me, and I did not want her to say she saw something just because I had. After a few seconds of silence, my sister with tears in her eyes said, Did you see that? All I could muster out was, "Uh uh-huh. We then ran to our mom, sobbing that some old lady had just floated into our home. My mom, not wanting to scare us, said, Maybe it's your guardian angel, stopping by to make sure you're okay. 
That seemed to ease our nerves a bit, and we were soon back to playing around like nothing had ever happened. As I got older, the experiences in that home seemed to become more sinister. My bedroom had been moved into the basement, and I remember regularly seeing a dark shadow crouch in the corner of my bedroom at night. I had nightmares every other night and had a constant feeling of being watched all throughout the house. My mother would later admit to me, once we moved out, that she was even afraid to walk around the house at night and fears something being around the corner. Another story I remember vividly involves my brother who was seven years younger than me. My brother Gio at the time was about two years old. We were sleeping together. It was extremely late at night and for some reason, I just could not fall asleep. To this day, I do not know if he woke up or said this in his sleep, but out of nowhere he says, Bree, Bree, do you see it? See what? I reply. The eyes, he whispered. What eyes? I asked, to which he points behind the door. Obviously, at this point I'm crapping my pants. I try getting him to repeat what he said, but there was no reply. I quickly picked him up and brought him into the living room with me, where we both slept on the couch. I have many other stories about this house, but I will end it on this one. I remember somehow, I built up the courage to play downstairs by myself with my littlest pet shops. I was in my toy room that was attached to the laundry room in my dad's workshop. I had set up all my things in a little circle to make a town, and I was sitting in the middle of it. At the point this had happened, I was sitting facing the houses that were up against the wall. The light in the room I was playing in was placed above and behind me, so if someone walks in the room, a shadow would be cast on the wall I was facing. So as I was playing, I had an overwhelming urge to look up. When I did, I witnessed a shadow move from the right of me to the left of me, heading out the door into the rec room. My first thought was, well, maybe my dad was in his workshop and I didn't know. So I look up and out the door and there is no one there. I look back down at my toys and realize my dad is a bigger guy and I would have heard him walking, and I would have seen him in the time I saw the shadow looking out the door. I book it up the stairs and get the hell out of that basement. As I said, I have tons of more stories that I will submit in the future. Thank you for sharing my story, Swamp Dweller, and if anybody in the comments has had any similar experiences, definitely let me know. And that's why we love the Swamp Dweller around here, as he braves the scariness and spookiness of each and every story that he reads to bring to us here on Spaced Out Radio. We love him around here. You can listen to him the third hour. He kicks off every Monday through Friday on Spaced Out Radio. And if you want more, he's got thousands of stories. Just go to his YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Swamp Dweller Reads, and you can just hit subscribe and listen to him for free. From the swamp to the stars... It's time for Little Timmy Senor and the UFO Report. Nobody's going to know. They're going to know. Always good to have you here, my friend. I know you've been hopping in and out of tonight's show. But, uh, man, what a good night. What a very good night. So much fun. And getting to ask Keith a couple questions there at the end is awesome. I don't get a lot of that option. He's such a swell guy. You know what? He is a trip, man. 
Like you get him yeah. in person, he is a trip and literally one of the nicest human beings you could ever meet. Really, yeah. really cool dude. Really cool dude. Dude, we got a lot of stuff going on right now in the UFO world. Uh, the Limia Conference is going on right now, put on by uh, the new kids on the block, the uh, Enigma Labs, and, and you know, listening to a bunch of people from around the world that most of us in North America haven't learned about when it comes to UFOs. And, you know, I could see where that would be very interesting, very interesting indeed to get some new opinions and everything like that. But there's also a lot happening in the storyland of everything Tim, and we're going to kick off with uh, the SCU, the Scientific Coalition of UAP Studies, and their response to the ODNI UAP report. That's right. And so the Scientific Coalition... When you stay at a Verbo, the host doesn't stay with you. Because a vacation home with a stranger sounds a little bit like a horror movie. Only whole vacation homes. Always private. Book on the Verbo app. Ready to start, enhance, or pivot in your career? At University of Phoenix, we offer more than 100 online programs aligned to 300 real-world occupations, and 80% of them are in high-growth fields. We can help match your interests to a program, and you can customize your degree with a certificate or specialization, giving you a competitive edge in today's job market. To learn more, visit phoenix.edu. Coalition for UAP Studies went ahead and commended the Pentagon and their UAP efforts, but they're asking for a little bit more data. And so SCU, as they're known, um, is asking for highlights. But the significance of the release for them in the re recent report on UAP was that the basically that information is not being hampered anymore and that there is an opportunity for scientific investigation. And so as of February 1st, SCU came out with their public statement here on their opinion of ODNI's UAP report, and whose 230 members include university professors, members of high-tech and defense industries, scientists, intelligence specialists, and current and former members of space research organizations. And so they came forward to thank the U.S. Congress for the passage of legislation in the 220, I'm sorry, in the 2022 National Defense Authorization Act. The act puts the U.S. at the forefront among nations in the collection of data on UAP in an open and transparent manner. And so the SCU also wishes to thank the office for the All Domain Anomaly Resolution Office, or ARO, and of course all of the supporting intelligence community for their work in the recently published report itself. And so I can see by this recent report that SCU is very excited and they are very um, optimistic looking forward as long as this data is being made transparent and available to them. And so they go through to highlight some of the uh, notes and key areas stipulated in the uh, announcement in, by Congress here in the NDAA. And in particular, they feel that the number of reported incidents over restricted airspace and an analysis of such incidents is necessary. And moving forward into another point, they feel that the assessment 
of any UAP activity that can be attributed to one or more adversarial foreign governments need to be ruled out. And so, again, more details need to be presented. So they hope that identification of any incidents or patterns will be able to be acknowledged. They hope for an update on any efforts underway on the ability to capture or exploit discovered UAP. Also, the number of reported incidents and descriptions thereof associated with the military nuclear assets including strategic nuclear weapons and nuclear-powered ships and submarines, should also be included in the incidents and not ruled out simply because they're potentially secret. And so the, num the number of reported incidents and descriptions thereof associated with the nuclear material, with the weapons storage, and or civilian nuclear facilities also need to be included in future reports. And so the requirements are hopefully going to extend. And SU in particular looks forward to the information that the ODNI and Arrow will be sharing with the public in the future. And it's grateful that the U.S. government agrees that the UAP are a critical area of scientific study. You know, uh, I like what I'm hearing, but I do have some concerns because, you know, I always like to play devil's advocate with you. My concern is... The SCU really, outside of claiming science, has not really given a stance of what their purpose is for what is going on with UFOs. Okay, we know that they want scientific engagement with this phenomena. We know that they have members on there that are part of government agencies we know that they have uh, potentially some of the members have, you know, looked into crash retrievals, maybe metamaterials and things like that. But I'm never sure really what their focus is or what what they are doing. You have a bunch of brainiacs, and I mean that with all due respect, incredibly intelligent people who are a part of this board, Tim, from universities all around the world. And I'm very lucky that I've I've got to, you know, meet a few of them and befriend a number of them as well. But the one concern that I have and the reservation that I have is, what is their focus? What is their mantra? Are they there for selfish reasons in order to try and move this phenomena forward by any means necessary? Or are these brilliant men and women doing this for the sake of of bettering humanity. And I, I can't answer that question. So when I see a report that I don't personally agree with, because let's face it, we're in the thick of things on a daily basis, then I see a group like the SCU come out and commend the ODNI report that really gave us zero information outside of a couple of little, you know, tidbits it was really crickets so to support that type of of report from the united states government i think is a little disappointing at the hands of the scu and maybe even a little bit irresponsible am i being too critical no no i think you're being absolutely realistic on a very deep level um on a much more surface level that um i kind of hope to remain for a moment 
on the very surface level, this is awesome movement in a very positive forward momentum on this topic. Um, you know, working with the government hand in hand, making sure that this topic isn't getting dropped to the wayside. So far, they've yes. come out with two supporting reports of true UAP, forcing the government's hand, forcing the DOD's hand to reconcile with the Navy on these two confirmed UAP videos from the military. So I feel they absolutely hold value. Now, on the deeper level that you're talking about, true motivations and things like that, now that's a deep level that the, the UFO community needs to keep them in check and be aware of. But again, that UAP report that we got um, this year, the 22 report um, on a deep level was disappointing to the UFO community, but on the surface level, it was massive because it brought this to a whole nother level um, where there's no hiding at this point with this topic. And so the public is aware. It made headlines. The SCU, whenever they come out with confirmation of UAP, it should be making headlines. It doesn't always, but should be making headlines. And it's just more confirmation. It is, in fact, Dave, more of what you are hoping for. Well, I think it is exactly what not just I'm looking for, but what many in the public are looking for. Like, Tim, I guess my concern with this is how many more baby steps do we need to take? Why can't we take a leap every now and again? Why can't we take a full stride? I'm not saying run. Okay, I'm not saying sprint. I'm not saying run because this is a marathon. This isn't a sprint. You know, but I'm just, I'm just, maybe I'm fed up. But when you have that much brain power inside the SCU, notably with many of them with government ties, it doesn't surprise me with what they are saying, but I, th I don't see where we can be as a UFO society happy that they are supporting the ODNI report. We need more from these people. We need people like this with the brain capacity and the the ability to to get their voices heard by members of Congress, by the Senate in the U.S. We need them to be able to push more. Imagine if the SCU, and I'm going to throw this out here for a second, but imagine if the SCU came out and said to NASA, what's in your closet? What happens then, Tim? Why do we always have to take the cautious approach? Why can't we just climb over the mountain instead of taking the long way? And the SCU has the ability to do that, except they never do. They never do. And this is why I question, what is their focus? Because I don't understand it. I really don't. Yeah, and I think you're absolutely right. I'm loving what I'm hearing right now from you because that is potential growth in a great potential way. Um, now, let's not forget that this is a young group and their, spokes, their spokesman, their director publicly still um, backtracks before he even presents. You know what I mean? So this is not a confident young company. They're venturing out into boiling hot water. 
And they know that they're just tiptoeing forward. They're trying to present in a real way. They don't want to come in too hard. They don't want to burn the community like Enigma's coming in, charging forward. Probably won't succeed in this community. But this is a group of 230 scientists that are serious about the topic and they're only edging forward with real data. The only reason that they're supporting the NDAA the way it is is because it's talking about data. And remember in the very last sentence of this, they say that they look forward to the information that the ODNI and Arrow will be sharing with the public in the future. So this is a group that is on our side that wants to push for transparency. And they have been so far very transparent, not only in their consortiums, but also with their presentations online. And so I must say that anything that this group does in the future moving forward is going to get quite a bit of support as long as they are pushing with that transparency and that push for public uh, information. No, I, I get that. And I think that's great. Okay. But where does it stand? How does that help you and I in the short term? And long-term, it doesn't. Well, I mean, it could. Pardon me. That's that's just being arrogant to say that. I apologize. You know? But I would love to see the SCU actually grow some cojones and ask those tough questions. Now, yeah, I don't know whether it's because many in their membership do have government ties. Okay. Example, we know Gary Nolan does. Okay. We know Jacques Vallée does. We knew we know Avi Loeb does. Just to name three. We could go on and on and on. I, I let me just interject. I think there needs to be an era diplomacy though, right? It going like this group could do that. But and the same rate to have those discussions to out big stuff from NASA. And to out big stuff from the DOD, there has to be that element of diplomacy where there is some sort of information exchange that might not be able to be public, but still needs to be exchanged. Is that where you feel the danger is? Are you wondering about their motivations? I, I don't. Th I don't think it's danger. What I do think it is is they're not. The SCU has always been quite coy about what they are about. In fact, a few years ago, very few people within the UFO community had even heard of the SCU, let alone bringing them up in conversation. And when you look at the power of people and the knowledge and the degrees and, and the doctorates that are in this group, you look back and you're like, holy cow, mainstream science really is looking into this phenomena. You know, it's not all about what Neil deGrasse Tyson says or Bill Nye, the fake science guy. Okay? It's not about what they're saying. These are real scientists who probably don't want the the buzz and attention that goes along with this. But as they have increased their own awareness publicly, we have a right to question, where do you stand? Is this about you? Or is this about humanity? And I think that's a fair question that needs to be asked. And on that note, Tim, we are going to take a break here at the bottom of the hour. We have little Timmy Senor and the UFO report continuing. When we return, yeah, we're going to talk some balloons. 
We're going to talk some Galileo and see what else we can get into right after this on the UFO Report on Spaced Out Radio. All right, we're clear. Interesting stuff. The SCU would be the the literal literal perfect watchdog for the UFO community. Interesting. They don't want it though. They don't want it though. Heidi Ocean Swiger. That's right, Nicole. Their collective scientific egos should be taking charge. Yeah. <clears throat> you don't look happy tonight, little Timmy Senor. Oh, I don't? Oh, I, I've been busy today. You're not your I'm chipper in an self. Awesome mood. Oh, yeah. no, I'm in a great mood, bud. Yeah. Just been busy. It's been busy, and my children have been super high maintenance, and so it's just been one of those days, you know, where you, like, throw up eight balls and try to keep them all in the air at once. But, yeah, no, I'm great. Life is awesome. I did not know, though, about that consortium with Enigma, so you're going to have to send me more details on that. That is very interesting. What what consortium? Um, the group that met. What? You were saying that there was a a meeting in the top of the hour, and it was called um, LIUNA. Oh, yeah, there's a conference going on here. I'll show you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's it called again? I believe the Limania Symposium. Or the Limina Symposium. Here we go. I'll bring it up here. Cool. Because, I mean, I'm very curious who showed up to represent for Enigma. Well, let's check it out. There's symposium. There's the participants. This lady has the greatest name ever. Dr. Babette Babich. I love it. Babette Babich. They they have some brilliant people. Bam, yeah. I would like to know... I would really Mick like West. to know, though, West how Mick West gets in there. Yeah. Distinguished guests, they have their journalists here. Oh, let's see here. This Very is the talks that are going on. They really do have some very highly educated people here. So NASA, yeah. Wow. And apparent and they they've got one sponsor, 
one sponsor, Enigma Labs. Hmm. The exhibitors that they have right there. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. So many questions. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, it's linked with Skunk Works, right? And was uh, so. I guess they they put up a lot of posters for this symposium at Skunk Works to try and get people from there to go. Really, it's according to this Skunk Works blog. As of December 18th, they were trying to get their people to go and sign up. So so that's interesting as well. Inaugural symposium. So that means it's their first. Yep. Interesting. Okay. I need to get on their list here. Uh, oh. Don't want to be on that list. <laughs> okay. Hold on. We got about eight seconds here, buddy. Okay. Third, we're heading for home tonight on Space Down Radio. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. Want to remind you that if you miss most of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on. Little Timmy Senor is here with the UFO report. And the Galileo Project is anal analyzing satellite data in search of unusual objects. Let's hit this one out of the park here, Tim. That's right. And so Avi Loeb has recently taken to Medium, an online uh, blog, if you will. And he regularly writes there and likes to talk about his work there. And so the Galileo Project is now analyzing public satellite data from Planet Labs, which is in search for unusual objects. Uh, a particularly interesting search area is Antarctica, as it offers a white background with negligible human activity. At University of Phoenix, your experience matters. That's why we created our new Savings Explorer tool, for you to see how your work, life, and school experience could help you earn your degree faster and for less. Get started at phoenix.edu. Ready to start, enhance, or pivot in your career? At University of Phoenix, 
we offer more than 100 online programs aligned to 300 real-world occupations, and 80% of them are in high-growth fields. We can help match your interests to a program, and you can customize your degree with a certificate or specialization, giving you a competitive edge in today's job market. To learn more, visit phoenix.edu. And so preliminary examination of satellite data did not reveal any unusual objects there. However, the search continues. And so Planet Labs in particular is a company that provides satellite survey imagery, large areas of the ground on Earth through discrete snapshots. And so, however, the motion of objects can be inferred from the images taken in different colors at slightly different times. The temporal offset between snapshots in different spectral bands offer a substitute for full motion video. And any relative change reflects the velocity of the object relative to the velocity of the Planet Lab satellite. And so it's looking like Avi and his team are, are able to look at objects in different elevations that would experience different air density at frictional and create frictional heat release. And so a lot of the information and data that they're collecting hopefully will give them some information and reveal any unusual objects. So interesting that originally we had heard from Avi and his team that they weren't going to use any artificial or outside data, but perhaps from a lack of evidence that they're able to collect from their own services, they've had to reach out and look to this company Planet Labs for their satellite surveys and still images, not even video. And so Dave, I'm kind of, I would personally be a little hesitant to get this deep using other people's information for my own research, but here we see Avi and his team at Galileo Project moving forward into satellite data imagery analysis, which is a tough field in its own. How do you feel about this? Well, I think we all knew Avi Loeb was going there. He is on the search, from what I'm hearing, for the next Oumuamua, because he still believes that Oumuamua was in 2017, a spacecraft or some piece of space junk from a different uh, life form or something along those lines. Interplanetary. Interplanetary, exactly. So I think that's where he's going for that. You know, but but the idea behind it is, how does he or his group get access to these satellites? I mean, do you just go over? It's not like going over to your neighbor's house and saying, hey, can I borrow your snowblower? or your lawnmower, you know, it's not like that. So I'm curious to know how they are able to get that information to analyze it or how they are able to track things in the stars because, look, we know they have a budget, around $18 million or something along those lines. It may have gone up since then. We also know that they are starting to get in bed with other direct groups, whether it's the U.S. government, whether it's Enigma Labs. We know this is happening. So is this a step because Enigma Labs is starting to kind of invade the publicity in the UFO world that all of a sudden, out of nowhere, after doing nothing for months, that Galileo is all of a sudden trying to make some news here? Your thoughts, Tim? I definitely think that they are trying to become competitors in that race because we know that there is absolutely competition right now to hold the cards that the government want to see and hopefully, you know, be able to write your own paycheck 
to share and sell that data. So absolutely, this team is also in the running for these potential contracts. Now, I've looked into the sourcing that they're using for their satellite imagery through Galileo, and it's basically a commercial company that has satellite data and satellites of their own. And you can go to planet.com and look at it yourself, and they basically have contact sales. So if you are in the uh, education field or in the uh, government field, you can absolutely get access to um, purchasing a contract where you'll get regular information on anywhere on the planet that you're focusing in on, as long as it's obviously somewhere that you have access to. But um, they say right on their website that it's daily earth data to see change and make better decisions. Planet provides daily satellite data that helps businesses, governments, researchers, and journalists understand the physical world and take action. And quite literally, that is exactly what this company does, provides satellite data to anyone that can pay for it, basically, and has the credentials to get it. So knowing that, that tells me that they're expanding, but it also tells me that they are limiting themselves, again, to other people's information. It, doesn't it seem like doesn't it seem like nobody really wants to take the lead and do things for yourself? Look, I, I realize that costs money. Okay, everything costs money today, and to do a topic like this, we're not talking about going on a GoFundMe account and asking for a thousand bucks. Okay, we're talking millions upon millions of dollars. You need to find somebody with very deep pockets who has the want and the desire to see and know what potentially could be out there among the stars. That's what you need. And I can understand where that that lack of those people out there really limits a lot of groups. I mean, let's face it. Galileo has been around for almost three years now. And we're still waiting for accomplishments from this power group of scientists and and the brilliancy of many people on this group. But we talked months ago that we had concerns, Tim, and I, I think you and I agreed on this, when they started allowing you know, people who have government roles within their community. I didn't like that. You didn't like that. Many other people in ufology didn't like it, especially when Lou Elizondo and, and Christopher Mellon joined Galileo. There was no need for them to join unless you needed the government contracts and contact. So once again, much like SCU, what is really the goal? Because all we ever hear from these guys, whether it's SCU, whether it's UAPX, whether it's uh, Galileo and now Enigma and every other group, is it's all about going into the tool compartment and into the into the you know into your shop and playing with nuts and bolts. And right. you know you talk to anybody in this field, okay, and they will tell you the more you research, the less nuts and bolts this subject is. You've learned that hard lesson over the last 6 months or so. And it's and it's tough. It's it's tough to create uh, an understanding regarding that. It's tough to to push yourself to a limit that this phenomena may be more than just a bunch of nuts and bolts that you need a crescent wrench to 
unscrew or tighten up. And that's where they're not going, at least not that we know. They don't want that reality yet. There's, st- I mean, remember, these are the people, Tim, who are segregating UFOs from alien contact. And like I've always said, if you've never had an experience, it's never aliens. Once you've had an experience, it's always aliens. And if they know that those craft are not from Earth, who's flying them? Or who's controlling them? If they're not from Earth, who's controlling them? Because they're just not out there doing tours of of the galaxies. And this time it's our solar system, the Milky Way. It's not how that works. It's like when we send a probe into space, we're hoping to pick something up. But it's being controlled by NASA. So who's controlling these ones if it's not from Earth? That means aliens, correct? Yeah, and it's frustrating that the conversation hasn't elevated there yet because it seems like it just stops at UAP. It's a phenomenon, and that's it. We haven't gotten to that question yet, Dave, and it's such an important question. It is, it is the question. And, and, and further than that, what do we do once we know that? Like, how do we want to represent as human beings? And is it too late to perhaps undo mistakes that have already represented ourselves in an ill fashion, I can assume, potentially? But that gets into a deeper question. But you're absolutely right. It hasn't been covered um, that I know of. Now, we know that there's contingency plans for if we do get invaded or if they come here. But in no way does that have any elevated enlightenment to it. By this, by what it seems on the surface, we haven't asked who are they, and why are they here? Why are we afraid of that question? It's a, maybe a scary and maybe a, a gloomy, scary answer, or or maybe it's not. But you know, potentially, it's not a not the answer we want. Let's say that. Well, I mean, look. There's been enough study and evidence to know that they know what is coming from Earth and what is not. They know, I mean, look how quickly they were able to tell these were Chinese weather balloons. Or spy balloons, pardon me. Okay? We we heard from random guy a great story uh, where his buddy of the Navy watched a UFO come out of the water, hover beside the aircraft carrier and then shoot up into space at 68,000 miles an hour. We know that that is going on. We know that that's not human. So who's flying it, and why are we afraid to ask that question? You know, this is where I don't like the term UAP, you know, because UAP is so governmental. All right? It is so governmental on trying to control a narrative of the phenomena. The phenomena is the narrative. It doesn't have its own narrative. It is the narrative. And the more you go down the rabbit hole to learn this phenomena, you will know that it is all intertwined. It is all interconnected. 
And you have to accept that. It's like we always complain about the Bigfoot world, Tim, about how about how it's, uh, you know, f- either flesh and blood or supernatural. And if it is flesh and blood, why don't we have a body? Why can't we find a body? And the excuse is, well, have you ever seen a black bear's body? Yeah, I've seen two of them. Seen two. And you know what happens when the, when you can't find a body, Tim? There's usually fur remnants around. I've seen moose torn apart in the forest and deer torn apart. And guess what? The fur is still there. Where's the body? We don't know. The point that I'm making with that is we have to start getting a little bit more direct. There's no problem with getting direct and asking direct questions and combining whether or not we're alone instead of worrying about UAPs and what the government thinks about them. It's frustrating. It's it's tough, though. It's tough because who do you ask that question to and how can they answer even if they know? You know? Um, that's it. That, that's- there. There you nailed it. How do they answer that question even if they know? You nailed it right there. That's your home run shot on this topic. How do they answer that question? They're not allowed. They know. Elizondo knows. You don't think Elizondo gives little tidbits to people he talks to privately? He does. He has to me. He has to others. We all know that he's had close encounters. We all know it. How many of those Elizondos? That, uh, we only know about Elizondo. What about the other Elizondos that work at the Pentagon for the DOE, for the Department of National Defense, for the CIA, the NSA, the NRO, Space Force, Space Command, Air Force, Navy, Marines, Army, Coast Guard? We'd never know. We don't know how many. We don't know how many. How about when those, like, that's like saying, Tim, and putting in denial that the UF, U.S. military does not have a team ready within minutes if a UFO landed. Right. Let's say, let's say pick, a, pick a town, Bismarck, North Dakota. Let's just pick it for a random reason. UFO lands there. Do you not think the military bases around there are not going to be getting scrambled and a an elite team is not going to be scrambled to that area to try and make contact with a craft that's on the ground? Yeah. I mean, for example, look at how we know our country handled uh, this balloon that we have in the news. Look at how that was handled. And Dave, you and I know behind the scenes how how it was really handled and the interest and what was really going on and things like that. And that is very interesting stuff. If that is just on something that is mundane that we know, 
um, because, and I was going to bring this up later when we actually talk about it, but that report initially came out from the first witness as a UFO report in the news. The first photograph of this thing, but the original eyewitness of the Chinese balloon was a UFO report. It was, and so it's so funny because it's the exact opposite of uh, what happened in Roswell. We got this UFO, or I guess it's the same, really. We got this UFO report of a white orb. And then sure enough, within hours, um, it was confirmed that it was a balloon. And then all the other details have come out. But initially, this was a UFO report, which I find so perfect. Oh, I understand that. I understand. We got three minutes to go here. And we're going to get into a lot of these topics with Random Guy. Indeed. Up next. That'll be just on our YouTube channel. But, I mean, the idea behind it, though, is I guess what you're saying and what I'm saying, Tim, is it really goes to show that the powers that be really have either no, either a fear or very little understanding about how many people really know what's going on. And if we're ready for a little bit more news or not. Do you think that they've tested the waters of how humanity will handle this topic in any other way in history? Yes. Yes. Elizondo stated on this show last year that COVID was a great test on that, that they were paying attention. Because no offense to anybody out there. Okay, I'm not. This has nothing to do pro or con COVID. The one thing that it did do was it was a great litmus test to show how people are going to treat each other. And we treated each other like garbage, ratting people out, stealing, uh, you know, going to the going to the grocery store, buying 300 rolls of toilet paper, you know, buying out meat sections, you know, buying 10 gallons of milk for you and your husband. In the meantime, <laughs> you, you only drink half a gallon every two weeks madness okay garbage bags of gasoline garbage bags of gasoline yeah (laughs) you know i mean that was a good litmus test on how we're going to treat each other and the sad part about it is three years later many companies and many supermarkets and you, you look at the car industry they're still not out of it there's many industries are still not out of it because of a number of reasons. And it ain't UFOs. No, it ain't. But it is so interesting. And and I think you brought up a great point because even the people that are in the know um, must, they. I mean, how would you even present something like that on such a big scale without being completely just either not believed or, um, you know, in trouble? because of talking about something that goes against your NDA or um, it's just, it's such, it's such big information. How would you even present that? You know, well, we're going to have to leave it on a question mark for tonight. Little Timmy Senor. Thank you so much for coming on in my friend. Thank you, buddy. It's always good to see your very limited chin hair on camera. I keep it tight. Yeah, that is tight. And a big thank you to our good friend, our Keith Andrews for coming on in for, 
breaking a record of a show tonight. 324 people on our YouTube, plus all of our yeah. beautiful radio audience and, and podcasters out there. It's going to be another massive show. He just keeps getting more and more popular. More and more popular. People love and need the woo, and that's why we bring him on in. And thank you to Swamp Dweller for another spooky story as well. If you're on YouTube, stick around. We are going to do after hours, but we got to say goodnight to the radio side of everybody here. So goodnight to all of you as we got Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thal rocking in the background with Little Brother is watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio, rocking us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up for the guitar god himself. Special thanks to everybody listening in at home, at work, in your cars, wherever you may be. Thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight. YouTube, Twitch, LGAP, Facebook, Spreaker, LinkedIn, the Space Travelers Club. And to the people all hanging out on Twitter and hashtag Spaced Out Radio, thank you so much for hanging on out with us. Remember, this show is copyrighted by Spaced Out Radio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us. Because together, my friends, we own the night. Mr. Bumblefoot, we need a favor. We need you to take us home. the Wu train has docked for the night but soon my friends we shall ride again your seats are always available your tickets never expire and if you want to bring a friend we've got room for them too good night At University of Phoenix, your experience matters. That's why we created our new Savings Explorer tool. Simply add your work, life, and school experience to see how you could earn your degree faster and for less. It's free, easy to use, and there's no obligation. In fact, students with eligible credits and relevant experience, on average, save $11,000 and nearly one year off their undergrad degree. It's time you got the credit you deserve. Get started at phoenix.edu. Ready to start, enhance, or pivot in your career? At University of Phoenix, we offer more than 100 online programs aligned to 300 real-world occupations, and 80% of them are in high-growth fields. We can help match your interests to a program, and you can customize your degree with a certificate or specialization, giving you a competitive edge in today's job market. To learn more, visit phoenix.edu.